0: the opinions on this episode on the book and movie twilight are only the opinions of the individuals and not the opinions of the harry potter alliance we didn't know
1: anything about harry potter but that didn't hurt our last group the harry potter song band harry potter is a wizard harry potter has a wand. harry potter he does magic in a land across the pond i've heard he
2: lives in a castle
3: I find their Ill logic and foolish emotions a constant irritant.
4: Then transfer out, freak! Two! Two! Three!
5: You belong to a circus right next to the dog-faced boy.
3: I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum.
1: Sheep, flying, no good, rotten, fork, blushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blunt, sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless,
2: hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty legged.
6: Wormheaded stack of monkeys! Meh
0: And now, together by live simulation via the internets, Scott Gardner and Chris Honeywell. No Hey, we're back. It's Two True Freaks. And when I say we, it's me and guests. And no Scott Gardner to rein me in. The show is mine. That's me, Chris Honeywell, the one-two freak. Scott's listening right now, grinding his teeth, wondering what directions I'm going to take the show into. And this is our uh, spectacular Harry Potter episode, where I've gotten two, and hopefully in, in our next segment we'll have a third Harry Potter expert, our resident experts on Harry Potter We've got Hope Mullinex and Dinah Russell, and uh, and Hope, you're in the Harry Potter. Alli- you're both in the Harry Potter Alliance, right? Right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. and, and Dinah, you're the webmistress mistress of Wizrocklopedia. Yeah, I'm one of
7: the editors for it. Yeah.
0: And uh, I, I'm sure we're going to hear a lot about Wizrock. Then I know we're going oh, to yeah. because we've been talking yeah. before the show, and <laughs> uh, and I have been informed that there are. What, did you say almost or over nearly 700? 700 nearly i have 700 i have to bands.
7: update completely but it's somewhere in that in that range
0: wow that boggles literally boggles my mind
8: <laughs> i'm trying to <laughs> but, it's, but it's so good
0: it's i mean it's really on the 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 boor, border of actually becoming a true genre
4: Oh,
8: we're like, fighting for a it. True
0: musical genre knowledge, <laughs> musical genre. Because I mean,
8: I think like on MySpace, um, no, like a few years. Oh no, no! I, but we were fighting for it to become <laughs> a
0: genre. On oh, MySpace. dude, we've been
7: fighting for it for years. We've been trying to get Wizard Rock to be a recognized genre on MySpace for ages. Because MySpace, as defunct as it is now, it's completely obsolete today. But even just a year ago. That was the hub of Wizard Rock. That's where Wizard Rock was born and bred. Other than the backyard of the DeGeorges.
0: Now, when you say the backyard of De- the De Georges, was is that the De Georges River, or is that
7: no so um,
0: people named De it's,
7: it's it's their last name. Paul and Joe De are Harry and the Potters. They started it back ah. in two thousand two by a happy accident, really. Basically, they were trying to organize, uh, like, an indie concert in their backyard. However, at the last minute, every single band canceled. And so Paul had this idea rolling around in his head for a while now of Harry and the Potters, you know, with Harry on lead guitar and, uh, what was it, Hagrid on the drums, Hermione on the bass, or something like that. And and he looks at his brother and he, his, and he goes, hey, so... I've had this idea for a while. Um do you want to do this do this band with me? And just so that they wouldn't, you know, argue over anything, they decided to both be Harry. So Joe, the younger brother, is Harry, year four, and Paul, the older <laughs> brother, is Harry, year seven.
8: And what happened and was uh, Harry, was... year seven, got a time-turner and went back in time to meet his younger self, and they were going to fight Jesus Voldemort. And he teaches him how to rock out. And he teaches him how to rock out, and they were going to fight Voldemort through the power of love and music.
7: Yep, and so they created Harry and the Potters. They sat down and wrote out a few songs, only a, about half of which, I think, um, actually, are on their first album as well. The rest of them are lost to time and the memories of the very like few people who were there, and uh, that's how Wizard Rock all started. Really, it's just See, two I, awesome guys.
0: I remember, <laughs> I remember hearing about it at that time and reading like a, it must have been an article in something you know, like Newsweek or Time or something like that where mm-hmm. it was just a little funny article about how this band started and now there'd been a few more popping up afterwards. Yeah. But.
8: Afterwards, it was like Draco and the Malfoys. And yep. then they went to – they talked with Matt Majacamo, and he became the Womping Willow. And then he <laughs> went – and like out in California at about the same time, Alex Carpenter was doing hit whatever thing that he does. And um, he was like <laughs> – and he started the Ravis Lupins. And I mean it just spawned off from there. And they, they all connected and – and they all started touring, which made people really get excited, which made more people, right? And now we have more bands, and now we're having events like Rockstock in two weeks, and it's right. just exploded.
7: The third Rockstock. And
0: oh, it's uh, so I'd, I'd ask you what Rockstock is, but you can pretty much sort of figure And that's Rockstock, W R O C K, right? Yeah, yes, it's. it's is. The-
8: it's a four day Wizard Rock convention in Potosai, Missouri, and on a YMCA camp. And me and Dinah are actually going to be meeting face to face for the first time. Yeah. And-
0: this uh-huh. is this is
7: going to be my second year going. I went last year. Is it and, a, one of
0: those camp out sort of deals? Yeah,
7: it, it's called Trout Lodge. It's on a lake uh-huh. um, in the woods in Potosi, Missouri. And so it's, you're kind of in the middle of nowhere. That's the and, best. It, exactly. And then the the um the, the main room where the concerts the, the main concerts are is the room of rock Choirmen. Awesome. And then there's the wampum willow, which is where smaller, um not as um, publicized shows are yeah, the non it's basically it's the, the main stage and the side stage. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, second yeah. stage. And well I've, I've been I've been to, to I've been down, to hippie
0: variations music. of that, you know, there's heavy there's like the um Oh, what are they called? The insane clown posse have their, you know, <laughs> evil rap version of it, you know, and it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's a, those are the, those are great things because there's something that you don't have to be this huge rock promoter to go to exactly. one of these campgrounds and say, Hey, can we rent it out and figure out, get your necessary permits. It's something, you know, a lot of the people that run these are, you know, young people that, just, and you know, that I'm, a lot of these things might not even really make any money, but they're a hell of a mm-hmm. lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy, are they.
8: I know. Like, I'm working with Infinitus, which is going to be in the summer. Infinitus is a HP conference, and it's scheduled to go on with the opening of the park in Orlando. And I'm not getting paid to work on this. I'm volunteer staff, but they're paying for, like, my registration and stuff to go down there.
0: Now, if Scott were here, This, was, this uh, I'm, I'm going to do this for Scott. I'm. Um, <laughs> he's a big... Uh, Disney World freak, so what what what's going on in Orla I, I know something's going on, but I don't really know what it is. Do you want to talk about it, Donna or me?
7: Um, which thing are we talking about here? The Harry Potter, the
8: the, the theme park?
7: park. Yeah, so there's this awesome new Harry Potter theme park. That when exactly is it opening? It's opening pretty shortly, I think.
8: It's, it's right around infinitive, So like, okay, so it's finished.
7: opening next summer.
8: Yeah, so it's, it's opening
7: next later. summer. They're building Hogwarts and Hogsmeade, and they're making rides out of things that the you can du- go. The old
8: like fantasy park from Islands of uh-huh. Adventures. Um, the Dueling Dragons is being converted to like a broom ride roller coaster. Ooh. And it's like the cottage. Like you can choose Slytherin or Gryffindor.
7: Lame. You should be able to choose Hufflepuff too.
8: Whatever Hufflepuff, shut <laughs> up. <laughs>
7: A favorite pastime of many Harry Potter fans is Hufflepuff bashing. As a proud Hufflepuff, (laughs) I have been on the receiving end of, well, it's it's the equivalent of dead baby jokes, except they're dead Hufflepuff jokes. Oh,
0: well...
8: And like me and Dinah, um, we we both participate in a project for the the HP Alliance called No New Stuff. And I'm the uh, I'm the Gryffindor, and she's a Hufflepuff. So we've had like this. I, I broke one of my rules, so she issued me a Hufflepuff punishment where I had to like say all the things I liked about Hufflepuff, and I had to write a song about it, and I had to like dance around in yellow and black, and it was my Huffle punishment video. It
0: was terrible. <laughs> well, there's no stigma attached to Ravenclaw at all.
8: Not really. That. Because
0: I mean I can understand like almost everybody's either gonna want to be Gryffindor or Slytherin you know those are the most obviously I don't know fun, more fun I don't know just because they're just the, the ones that opposites. everybody knows more about right yeah, right
8: honestly they only mention like four Ravenclaws in the entire series it's like Luna Percy's girlfriend and like these two uh, other kids and that's well strictly
7: it. speaking the Hufflepuffs are mentioned more than the Ravenclaws are. <laughs> No. Yeah, well, we have Cedric our, at least.
8: Well, our, our Ravenclaws are getting a lot of love right now because our current like Harry Potter alliance thing, Ivana Lynch, who plays yeah. Luna Lovegood in the movies, she's the head of Huff, uh, head of Ravenclaw right now. Mm-hmm. So Ravenclaws are like fr- flipping the heck out right now. It's <laughs> yeah, true.
0: really. Getting a real, real, an authentic alumni mm-hmm. heading them up. So actually, I think this is a good opportunity for me to bring it back to the. To the beginning, to the the books, and because uh, that's what I'm. I'm the mo- most familiar with the books. Mm-hmm. Even all the movies, I think I've seen all the movies once, maybe a couple of them twice. You know, I've caught them on TV and stuff like that. But the books, I've read the books a couple times, and I'm and I'll probably read them a few more times in the you know in the next few years because they're just. They're just great. And the thing that I love about the books is it, it it still is like this, but a lot of times I would talk to kids or I'd be working with somebody who was like in high school or something. And, you know, I'd ask them if they read and they would just be sort of like, no. <laughs> <laughs> that
8: was me. <laughs> I'll be honest. And
0: then, well, you see, I, I, I was taught to read like but my grandparents taught me to read when I was like, four years old or something like that. So it's always been some, you know, once I was a little kid and I figured out how to read books, you know, that was, I, and you know, I'm an old fart too. So we didn't have the, I mean, we had a black and white TV with three stations, (laughs) two of which came in kind of sketchy. The UHF station came in pretty good, but the Canadian station was pretty (laughs) sketchy. And, uh, and so you know, I was reading constantly. So I just don't understand why. And I think that it just so it the, the reason that they don't do it, you, is you just don't have that initial book that you read. And Harry Potter is like that initial book for a lot of kids. What you know, mm-hmm. I, that's I'll, that's
7: one of the things I absolutely love about it. Um, you know, it's it's interesting to me that when it was first. Being published or about to be published, one of the reasons that it it was very difficult for j k. Rowling to get it published is the fact that the idea of like the idea of it being about a male wizard going off to boarding school and being mistreated by like it it opens up with his parents being killed I mean that's the beginning of the story. And And it's not a very popular thing, and so they didn't want to publish it at first. But fortunately, there was the one person who saw that it was brilliant, and boy, were they right. (laughs) And
8: and you can read all about it. Like, um, there's a lady, and she's the webmistress of... um, Maliki cauldron. cauldron, and her name is Melissa Nelly, who is my personal hero, um, and uh, she wrote a book called Harry a History, which is a history of the Harry Potter fandom, and it goes into that story, because at the time when Harry Potter was being published, no one was investing in children's books, and they were all crap, and like the, the pretty much the children's book market was going to hell in a handbag. And another reason it was so hard to sell, because it was just so long, like children's books were only supposed to be like 100 pages.
7: And it was at least twice that, approximately.
8: Yeah, for the first book, and like then we get into like book five, which is like 800 pages. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh god, I hate book five.
6: <laughs> well, you
7: know, it took me a while to warm up to book five. The first time I read it, I, I remember reading it and, and being disappointed. I'm just like, really? I waited that for three years to read this book, just to listen to Harry whine and yell and be as obnoxious as humanly possible. I put it down. I didn't even look at it again for about a year. Eventually, I got the urge to read the whole series again because I have that itch about once a year. Um, and I got to the fifth book. I was like, okay, I'm just going to power through it. And I kind of loved uh-huh. book five. It's not, not we, now, my, it's not for, my favorite the, but it's way up
0: there. For the uninitiated, which which book is book 5? Uh, Order of Phoenix. Okay. You see yeah. that's that's one of my favorite that's one of my favorites also. It, it it as is the one after it also. Yeah, Half-Blood Blood of, Prince. Yeah, which so, a that's lot of people a good one. see a lot of people that I know were sort of like, well, that one was it was sort of anticlimactic and even oh it had gosh, quite, are you kidding me? Ending, I'm so with you. To it.
8: <laughs> See, I love that book, but my favorite character is Snape, and that's like Snape. It should have been called yeah. Harry Potter and Snape.
7: Yeah. <laughs> so, well, we couldn't know that he was the half-blood prince in advance.
8: I know, but still, <laughs> it should it should have been called Snape, Snape, and the half-blood Snape, Snape. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> But like the reason I hate book five, I guess, is because I remember when I was fifteen and I was a little shit, so it just makes me remember how much I hate being fifteen because I'm just like, God, oh,
4: no, well, one likes it was to too realistic.
7: To
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's that that's another thing I liked about the books a lot is they did get longer and more complex and darker as they went. A lot, a lot of the things that they were mm-hmm. criticized for, she just she just piled it on as she as she went on and and and. Well, the way it,
8: she wrote the books, so, like you're supposed to read book one when you're 11, book two, when you're 12, book three. Yeah,
0: exactly. 18, oh, so. yeah. And that's brilliant. And, and a lot of people don't really, I, I think the only person that really did that to any great success was, I think there was an author called Judy Bloom. Oh, I mean, definitely. She would, she would write about some of her characters at different ages and she would change the voice for it. And, uh, and another thing I liked about this is what people just don't get about children is, and stories that you tell children is, hey, you want some, the, the, the dark stuff is what really sucks them in and, and kids like to be scared just like adults like to be scared. It's Mm -hmm. even more fun for kids to be scared because they get really scared, you know? So, so the disturbing stuff is, as it's, for one, it, 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 it doesn't sort of candy coat life for a kid. Which I think a lot of people try to do, or a lot of children's literature <laughs> definitely does that, or just yeah, t- handles them with kid gloves, and and she does not insult kids' intelligence at all. As a matter of fact, she, had, you know, challenges it, and each each book got more more complex, the stories got more nuanced, and the characters got shades and. Versals and stuff that, compared to a lot of quote-unquote adult literature, it had one of the most satisfying endings. Oh yeah. For a series well, of that's books. that's users, debatable.
7: Yeah, <laughs> I, I hate
8: the blood. I
0: for love myself.
7: that, but I know plenty of people who hate it. I, I hate
0: thought, one of those. I was very satisfied with the ending. As a matter of fact, I thought it was it was great. I thought she really. A lot of times, a lot of that stuff just sort of. Ends in a big sort of fight, like, like, and then it's yeah.
7: over. Well, and also, things like the, that epilogue, I thought it was brilliant, because it could have so easily been just this big laundry list of who, where everybody is, yeah. what they did, and she almost did that when her... Because she that's what she knew the fans wanted. That's what so many people uh-huh. still say, I, no, I still I wish did. she would have done this. I do. But... <laughs> I'm so glad that she did what she did because it's, it's beautiful. You see that he grows up to be a normal person. It doesn't matter all the stuff that he went through at like all these growing pains, all this nonsense in his childhood, and his teen years. It doesn't, you know, it, sh- it helps shape who you are. But, it, you know, if, as long as you accept your life and become a good person, allow yourself to be a good person, there's nothing stopping you from living a normal, healthy life.
4: And, I mean, still,
8: even just from that little blurb of a stock epilogue. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I hate the epilogue. I love it.
4: Um, <laughs> my,
8: um, you still get theories and stuff coming out, like introducing your kids yes. and start getting things for the next generation. My friend Tiffany has this crazy theory that... Harry oh, and Jenny are going through a divorce, and the only reason they're both there is to see their kids after school. And, <laughs> oh like, gosh! Because like, like, <laughs> they barely talk to each other, like in the epilogue, they like barely talk, and so she's like, "Oh my god, they're divorcing!" I'm like, "Just what the hell are you talking about?" <laughs> <What>?
7: <laughs> okay, and I, I, the only thing, the only qualm I have with the epilogue is some of the names that they gave their children.
4: Oh my God! Oh, Who the hell names their kids Hugo?
8: Scorpius I I have this great picture of Adult Draco marching along and he's like, Come on, son and the next panel is Scorpius in a Scorpion costume and he looks so pissed he's... off at life. <laughs>
7: <laughs> and then Albus Severus, that oh, yeah. poor boy, is going to have the he's worst
8: beaten up. <laughs> Seriously,
7: he's he is probably getting beaten up at this very moment, As you know? <laughs>
8: actually, like, earlier this year, like, back, like, on September 1st, if you actually lay down the plot line of Harry Potter, September 1st would have been Teddy's first year at Hogwarts. Yeah. I Teddy.
7: knew that. Can you tell we're total dorks? Wow. Yes.
0: I was just going to actually mention something to that effect, but, you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean I, I'm mean, one to talk. There's subjects that I could, could do that. Chris, uh, I think
8: we need to have several Harry Potter episodes because me and Dinah can talk like theories and oh, theories man.
0: Stuff all day. Characters. Now, what did? Now, what do you guys <laughs> think of the movies compared to the the books? What? How did? What? What did the movies do for you? Do
8: you wanna I start first, um, Dinah? really, I've hated. I, I love everyone. I hate
7: them so much. I, I just them. want like the See, only one that's been even remotely satisfying has been the sixth bu- the sixth movie. That was good. That, the one that just came out. However, there are some moments where okay, um, I, I hope th- I'm allowed to say this, but did anybody else think Jenny was about to give Harry a blowjob when she went Me. down to tie his shoe? <laughs> because that was really creepy. And that creepy was and- kind
0: of creepy. Now I, you know, I maybe I blocked that out of my memory, but now I remember <laughs> what you're talking about. And
8: see. My view in the movies is I, I when I was younger I was really into Lord of the Rings and uh-huh. so when the movies came out I, I and I do this a lot. I, I will separate books from movies and I'll look at them as two separate entities. So I've uh, never really I try not to compare the books to the movies, really. So to me I really like to. I really like the movies a lot. The only one I really don't like is movie five, and it's more for cinematic reasons because it's the shortest of all the movies by like thirty minutes. It has no transitions, and there's like this overwhelming silence. There's like no music in it, and it's a huge montage. The entire movie has is but a series of montages. Yeah,
0: in. you're right. You're right. I I was that that would probably. I don't know. The, the you see, I'm not a big fan of Chris Columbus, so the first two movies. Had that sort of fake Spielberg feel to him where you know it has that that <laughs> sweeping awe and wonder in it, but it didn't have the subtlety that, that and the characterization that Spielberg they, puts into they it. Just a lot of very like intriguing. That. It was it was it was just sort of a workmanlike adaptation of You know, it was probably as good and ad- a. It was one of those things where they were probably afraid to mess it up. So they, yeah, so it got kind of it was kind of bland for it to me. i I thought the third movie, I can't remember the director's name the Spanish director Huran uh, yes, i I liked that one a lot. I uh, when that one came out, I said, ooh, I hope they keep going in this direction of having a director that puts a little bit of their own style into it.
8: See, I like and dislike the third movie, because I I really like it, but I saw it before I read the books, and I don't p- feel yeah. like they explained a lot of things enough, because I thought Severus Snape was a marauder, because they don't explain that.
7: Yeah, they don't explain any of it. I, see, I, I had read the books long before they even started making the movies, and so I... Well, not long before, but I... I all I could think about is, they didn't put this in, but it, I, I've always tried to take that step back and say, okay, if I was looking at it for the first time, where would I be confused? And I've never been able to successfully do that. So it's so, yeah. interesting to hear your perspective on it.
8: Yeah, the only movie that I saw, I, I, I read all the books before movie five came out. So I, I saw movies one through four. So that's why it was really confusing, that like the little things like that. And I, I didn't understand the deer the deer patronas that Harry was producing. I didn't understand Mm -hmm. that because I didn't know that James could turn into a deer because I didn't explain it in the movies.
0: Yeah. Lame. I'm sorry,
8: Chris, I cut you
0: off. Yeah, the fourth and fifth movie, to me, I don't really have... They must not have been very good because I don't really have any clearly formed (laughs) opinion other than they were fairly... You know, they they told the story of the books, you know. The, the last movie, I, I really liked the last movie that came out. And uh, I'll just admit right now that I downloaded it. And I oh, watched no. it And I watched it. <laughs> I won't
8: tell and, you what things I've done on the internet. <laughs> and, and, How much stuff is bootlegged on my computer.
0: Oh, well. <laughs> we We can have a bootleg pissing contest later on when we're when the FCC is not listening, although I hear it's not illegal to own stuff well anyway, I watched it sort of like in chapters like reading the book I would watch it for like ten minutes at a time, and it was great that way it was in a sort of episodic it was almost it was more like reading the book and maybe I'll watch See? the next two Harry Potter movies that way.
8: Chris, now what you need to do is go on YouTube and look up wizard people to your readers.
7: Oh gosh, that is the funniest thing. It was what's, his, the, what's his name? Brad Neely. And I, yes.
8: Um, and isn't he like a... Uh, his amp? name
0: sounds familiar. He
8: he does something cool, I forgot what. But what he did <laughs> is he put, like, Sorcerer's Stone, the first movie, on mute, and he, he did voiceovers for everything. And then it's so like funny. Harry Potter was this boy and blah blah blah. And then Hagrid the Horrible No,
7: and Hagrid and... the Horrible <laughs> This is like my favorite part
4: is like
8: right at the beginning of the movie. So funny. And Dumbledore puts baby Harry on the steps while Haggard the Horrible starts blubbering and Dumbledore looks up and says, Go in the fucking car <laughs> and wait like a girl. It's so funny. <laughs>
7: you couldn't tell, not appropriate for children.
4: <laughs> it's
8: so great. So it's like, it's a, it's a great new way. And there's like a lot of documentaries coming out. There's, uh, mm-hmm. God, there's like the, uh, I, my brain just broke. Oh, there's <laughs> some documentaries. Okay.
7: Do, the documentaries that are out now are Wizard Rockumentary and We yes. Are Wizards.
4: We Are Wizards. pastor um, Fantastic.
7: The, the we are wizards is actually on Hulu. Is it still on Hulu? I think so. I think so. Um, so that you can actually check out yourself now, like when it, well you know, not immediately. That'd be awkward. Uh, <laughs> we are wizards just starts playing in the background. Sorry, guys, I'm really listening. I promise. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but an, an upcoming one that I'm like totally excited about is Finding Hogwarts.
8: Oh, see, I'm excited for Wizards Gone Wild because I've put in
4: so much. <laughs> Wizards
8: Gone Wild is going to be a rock stock, and I've already turned in a lot of material to them and they pretty much said, yeah, a lot of your material is going to be in this movie because you're awesome. I sent them like things of me role-playing Harry Potter with my best friend. I've and seen put- some of
7: your videos of
4: that. <laughs> I have seen yeah. them too.
8: I'm, like, the dog <laughs> in the strands and she's this Lupin, and she kills me, and I stop and look at her and go, for real? Yes, for real, Hope. <laughs> <laughs> it's so much fun. Like, me and my friend have had a Harry Potter role-playing going on for about five years now. And I
7: love soul- that you LARP it. Oh, we,
8: we LARP all the time. Like, I was actually just talking to her over the phone, and, like, the only difference between us doing it live is that we explain our actions while our characters are doing. But it's, like, full thing. Like, we have voices for them. We, ah, uh,
7: I love it. I I used to, um, the the interesting thing is, as much as I'm involved in the Harry Potter community now, that my first step into the Harry Potter community was in journal-based role-play games. Um, And I I used to play Luna Lovegood, and my favorite characters to play were Ernie McMillan, random (laughs) Hufflepuff prefect, who, okay, if he wasn't the head boy his seventh year... Like no one should be head boy. because he's he's amazing. He's hilarious. And then <laughs> Rabastin Lestrange. I played both Rodolphus Lestrange and his brother Rabastin. Don't please don't say Lestrange. It's it's French. It's Lestrange. It's, well, I'm I'm from California and Lestrange. I
4: I hate that. So
0: but as we were talking to before the show, you're you're from California yes. but with British and Deep South. No, that, that
7: that's helps so- the British Deep South.
0: <laughs> okay, so you're pure California.
7: I'm all California.
0: Oh, okay.
8: I'm pure Georgia. I'm like, like the crazy fact about my life is, um, if you know where Buford, Georgia, is, it's where the Malla, Georgia, is. I'm from that town. I don't live there anymore, but like, I'm like a fourth gen- generation Bufordite, and we're like the founding family of Bufordite.
0: Bufordite. Doesn't that sound like a sort of like mineral?
8: I know it sounds whole,
0: gross. We found this whole vein of brufordite here.
8: <laughs> we'll throw it at Superman, see
0: what happens. <laughs> hey, on that hopefully, note, hopefully
8: at, we'll kill the bastard.
0: At that note, I'm going to take us to a break right now with some Wizard Rock, yeah. and let's see which one do you think I should play first. I...
8: Voldemort made me crap my oh, pants. My okay.
0: Made me <laughs> the made me crap my pants it is
7: by the blibbering humdingers oh, so yeah. you
0: know.
2: <laughs> Okay. I was lying in my bed in my room in Godrick's hollow there was jewel on my bib chewing on a toy that I could not swallow the <laughs> rescue me with my diaper full of crap (laughs) so he changed my nappy carefully (laughs) then I spent the next ten years underneath the Leslie stairs Room in Gryffindor Tower. I am brave, or so it said. I'm a kid with magic powers, but the Dark Lord ain't impressed. That bad guy gets me real stressed. Like going to the Pants. Ron Weasley's driving
4: always makes me crap my pants
2: My first date with Cho Chang Well I nearly crap my pants Myrtle, Romilda All girls who want romance They all make me crap my pants Hermione's cooking always makes me crap my pants. The giant squid and grindle in the lake and And make me crap my pants. Uh, what's the last line there? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> that portrait of Sirius spots mom in the hallway at number 12 Grim All the Place, always screaming, much blood and crazy shit like that, always make me crap my pants. Yeah!
0: Go hey we're back after all that that little burst of wizard rock for you and uh we've got we've added uh a guest we've got uh mr andrew slack now what's your official title with the harry potter alliance
1: On well, my official title hey chris and and uh hi <laughs>
0: welcome what's to and Hope? Uh...
1: <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> Uh, so, my official title is uh, the Harry Potter Alliance Executive Director.
0: Executive Director. Wow. I love it.
1: Sounds yeah. pretty official, huh? I, I yeah. love it. It, yeah.
0: it's, it. it gives our show clout. That's what we yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh,
1: I'm, I'm kind of a big deal, yeah. Fortune and
0: glory, <laughs> <Yeah>. kid. Fortune <laughs> and glory. It's a, fa- it's a fancy way <laughs> of just right. saying
4: that Andrew's
8: a really big Harry Potter nerd. That's all it says.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. that's And, and yeah, he gets and his own personal of- assistant. Well, that holds yep. a lot of clout on our show, actually. <laughs> you know.
1: Thank you, thank you. It's like it's like where the wild things are in terms of like um uh if, you, if, you, if you've seen that movie. I haven't uh, seen it yet. I'm
4: I've dying seen it to right. see it,
1: <laughs> but I can't really talk about it, so I won't even make the comparison. Um, <clears throat> but it's like that. So, uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I was just going to tell a little story about how this all sort of came about is it all came about through Star Wars is actually what started this whole Harry Potter thing. And uh, Scott, who does does the show with me, who's not here to keep me from tangenting and and blabbing on and on. <laughs> um, and I actually met up in Dragon Con for the first time in 20 years and just finagled our way onto uh, a Clone Wars panel and and an adult themes panel of Star Wars. And, uh, man, the the Clone Wars panel was a lot of fun, but we had to field all these questions of, you know, people... Oh, can I do an impression? Yes. Oh, (laughs) yeah.
8: So this is our impression of a normal guy in this panel. So... Clone Wars does not fit in with, like, the chronological timeline of Star Wars, and it doesn't work, and I'm sorry it means that George Lucas is wrong, even though he does all of this, and I'm a big, fat, smelly geek, and I live in my basement. <sighs> okay, that's it.
0: That 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 was a pretty uh, spot on. <laughs> I mean, that's right out of the gate. That's how it started. People were just like, "I have a problem with this," and you can see little kids in the audience with their dreams just drying up and floating away. And
8: my my favorite kid in that audience was the one that raised his hand. He was like, "Why didn't the clones die by the virus?" That kid
4: was adorable.
0: I love well at that moment. That was one of my great moments where I realized. Holy shit where I had that little flashback Of myself as that little kid And I'm like going oh my god I'm actually the, the the Geek expert in the room who's gonna Answer this little kid's question for him And I was just like we have to Answer this question For the kid you know Why did
8: the Clone Wars die
0: <laughs> That was so great But uh But about halfway through um, Hope you kind of piped up And asked a socially relevant Question about you know Clone Wars and, and social messages in Clone Wars and Scott and I were just like, oh, thank God, you know, something, you know, a real to- yeah. a topic, you know, not just an airing of grievances or, you know, or, yeah. or somebody my, just my pointing out was, that they um, really knew a lot about Star Wars, you know. Sort of. Yeah,
8: because I've only recently gotten to the fandom of Star Wars, and my comparison was uh, the, sh- the Innocence over Ryloth episode is a mirror image of what's going on in Darfur right now.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
8: Mirror to a T. And I I, I, I was excited that George Cristic afterwards was like, thank you.
0: <laughs> and uh, and it hasn't gone out yet, but I'm just just as a little aside, uh, we just had him on the show, and that was Great, he was so nice and came on our show so that show actually aired a couple episodes before this one will air so it's sort oh, of a so reverse you know plug Andrew and
8: Nina, george kristig is a writer for clone wars right now on cartoon
0: network scott and i refer Sorry. to him ah, i got it scott and i refer go. to him as george from Lucasfilm whenever we're talking to anybody. <laughs> uh, we were on Skype that's the other awesome. day with George from Lucasfilm, and uh, we had some story ideas for him that we just wanted <laughs> to run by him. About how Anakin and Obi
8: Wan should get together and have like love sex. <laughs> Don't even
7: start your slash
0: oh God, nonsense. Yes. <laughs> so, so after after. Afterwards we, we sort of we You know we sort of reme- We remembered you and I remember afterwards We were sort of talking to you and we were just like Thank you for asking a real question And sort of making You know help make things interesting And you sort of turned the tide at that point And more and more other people s- Started you know Actually enjoying Clone Wars Rather than griping about it so yes, uh, we got into
8: a conversation About how the clones are slaves yeah. oh, That was awesome Yeah
0: and uh, which has launched a lot of talk like on our True True Freaks forum at some point. We had some thread just all, all about that that sort of came from the when we put the – and if you go on YouTube and, and look for the Clone Wars panel, you can see all these actual moments happen. We got the whole thing. But that's how <laughs> we found hope is you put up the vid, a, a video – of me just sort of droning on and talking as if I knew who George Lucas was, like I knew him, <laughs> and uh, then George Kirstick you know, just saying something very humble and and smart, and uh, you know, prefacing it with just sort of like everybody was asking nerdy questions at this at this panel, and Scott and I saw that and we were just like, this is great, and you had basically said exactly the way we felt about it, so we were just like, we have to get this person on our show. And then I started stocking out your YouTube <laughs> videos and I was like, ah, maybe we should talk Harry Potter because that's something we really haven't, haven't, um, touched upon. And now we've got, and what a, what a good time to have people from the Harry Potter Alliance on. Cause I heard you guys just got like in the wall, was it the wall street journal?
8: Oh, we've been in and yeah. Yeah.
0: T- You've been everywhere, uh-huh. huh? Yeah. Yeah, we we've gotten a lot of
1: good media coverage, although right now we're getting another wave of it, so that's uh that's very exciting. Yeah.
0: Um
1: and, and when we get a wave of media coverage, uh you know, part of the purpose of of getting that wave is to um it's to report news in a way. Uh news that the media doesn't always cover, uh uh whether it is ending genocide in Darfur and the work to do that, uh or uh or or a number of issues. Uh, media reform, the issue of media reform and uh, fighting media consolidation. Uh, and we have a ton of issues like that. And also another thing we want to add is this um this notion, this thesis that exists within the larger mission of the Harry Potter Alliance, which is that um Harry Potter uh you know, as a story, uh, and I think we can say this for all stories uh, that we love, that, 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 that hit us on a primal level, that hit us in our unconscious and in our hearts. Um, people, you know, want to say that um, these stories aren't real. Like, well, you know, aren't you, I mean, somebody from a, a paper in Maine asked me, uh, you know, do you think you're taking this a little too far? And I said, well, you know, we're not delusional. No one is hallucinating here, you know, that uh, the characters in Harry Potter are their friends in the day-to-day world. And yet, at the same time, the argument can easily be made that all of the characters in Harry Potter that you identify with are your actual friends. Right. Uh, they're not your friends in the way that your friends are in this world, but on the mythic dimension, on, they're completely uh, yeah,
0: real. on an iconic level, sure, yeah. And, yeah. and I mean, it... I mean, the the whole Harry Potter movies and books, books especially, really show you in more in depth than even, and I hate to say this, Star Wars, how um, (laughs) evil can take hold and how Mm -hmm. it can work its way into a society or, you know, the forces of darkness or oppression or tyranny or, or however you want, you know, I mean, people have been like, well, this is a lot like Nazi Germany, but it's Nazi Germany was just sort of the most recent iconic growth of huge growth of evil on Earth or or whatever or or some huge tyrannical thing. And and Harry Potter does a lot of the subtleties of how that can happen in a society of, you know, mostly good people.
8: I don't know, Absolutely. Chris.
4: I
1: think the recent growth of evil was Sean Hannity, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so, we get, so th- this thesis uh, that we get into the, um, into the media is that um, stories matter, and the stories we love matter. Uh, they serve more of a purpose than simply making money. Uh, and that's fine, purpose. I I don't have a problem with people making money by selling uh, movies or books or whatever. That's fine. Let them do that. Um, but they serve more of a purpose than that, and they certainly serve more of a purpose than sheer entertainment yeah. and escapism.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the thing is, I think a lot of people have lost the the idea that you can have entertainment and escapism, and also have an undercurrent that that is deeper and more. Profound, without ruining some you know something that's fun without taking the fun out of it, and uh, you can do both. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it, well, I mean... everything everything um, benefits from that. You know the the entertainment aspect of it benefits, and the and the subtext benefits from it too. And those are and those end up being the books and the movies and stuff that stand up to the test of time and. You know, Harry Potter is going to be like Alice in Wonderland or the Oz books. It's going to be, right. you mm-hmm. know, for generations and generations and generations. It's going to keep getting reprinted because it's not going to get old. Oh
1: yeah, exactly. It's 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 not. And I think I think that the way that Harry Potter came out, the the one thing that makes Harry Potter unique, opposed to every other phenomenon, is that it it came out at the time that the internet was truly coming into its own. Um, yeah. Or web 2, Web 2.0 was coming into its own, I should say. Right. Uh, and so what that enabled things to happen is things like Wizard Rock and fan fiction and um, and uh, political activism through the use of these books were able to spread much faster. Yeah. Uh, which and when it spread much faster, it ends up the creativity ends up multiplying um, because there's more people to collaborate right. with. There's more people showing up to things. So I think we're seeing a really unique thing with, with within fandoms with Harry Potter, uh, not just because the story is so wonderful, uh, or that it's better than other stories, but because of the timing of, of the story
0: right um, yeah yeah I I, I I totally agree with that and I think and and I can remember when I was a little kid, you know there was the whole there was a, a sort of half generation ahead of me that was the Star Trek fandom and they had already they had become organized to keep Star Trek on the air originally and then after it went off the air they self-published magazines and newsletters and started doing conventions and stuff and you know eventually there was a movie and the, you know the rest is history of Star Trek after that and i think that was sort of the seed for for that sort of, for what happened with Harry Potter, but it, yeah, it couldn't, have, it couldn't have happened with, with what, once the internet hit. It's just this exponential growth of of how fast something good can get around. I remember somebody had read the first Harry Potter book, and it was a friend of mine who was an English major, and she's just like, "You have to read this book," you know, and gave me her copy that she'd already read like three or four times. I was like, "This is going to be big." <laughs> It's got to be, because I was just reading it. Yeah. This is pure, pure chocolatey goodness. That's
1: exactly. what. It, when was it? When did that happen?
0: Oh, jeez. I can't. I'm getting kind of old and re- remembering the years. <laughs> but it was, I wasn't on the, I wasn't on the cutting edge of it, you know. I mean, this was, um, it was when it was starting to catch on, but I wasn't really probably paying attention to the internet or to... To anything right. pop cultural at that time you know i had to have it handed to me
1: well that's uh yeah i didn't start until 2002 uh reading the books and i didn't engage with the fandom until about 2005 so i was i'm pretty late yeah, with, with uh
8: i think on this call dino is the one that was on the cutting edge of the entire thing
1: i wouldn't what say the cutting time? edge
8: but well, you were um, reading the, them before the movies. The Cutting Edge I, yeah, was a kid kidding.
0: who, like, got the scholastic version of it, you know, <laughs> when they were in class and the teacher handed well, out the paper and they oh said, Oh, gosh, Ooh. I
7: wish I could say that. Well, it's funny to me. It's not terribly long ago I realized that I started reading them sooner than I thought I had. I thought I had started reading them um, when I was, I think, 14 or so, so, like, at the beginning of high school, However, I realized in seventh grade we had some project, and we got into our manor groups, and we had to name our manor. I remember ours was Griffin Manor, and I found out partially through that unit that I spelled Griffin wrong. I spelled it with a Y, not with an I, and it was because of Gryffindor. So clearly I had read the books before, right. yet, or at least the first one. I just don't uh, remember
4: it.
1: <laughs> you're approaching this story, this story like you're a uh, an archaeologist looking at hieroglyphics and being like, well, <laughs> <laughs> so clearly I, I mean, came my across first, other people.
7: My first <laughs> I have so this joke. horrible memory, though, and, and I just, I know, I remember having this thought of, oh, no, I spelled it wrong because of Gryffindor. How embarrassing. Um, But no one else thought it was embarrassing. (laughs) It's so interesting
8: how we all, like, jump into the fandom. Because, like, my first really jump into the fandom, my best friend was reading it. And we started LARPing Harry Potter before I ever saw the movies or read the books. But, like, she had all these characters, and I was like, okay, I'll just be an original character and play off you. And now, like, five years later, we still have our Harry Potter game going. Like, I was just LARPing with her, like, last week, so... It's crazy how everyone has like different intros to this fandom. Like, like the way I started reading it is from um, Garth Nix, who's my favorite author of all time. And my be- <laughs> uh, my other friend was reading it. And she was like, "Well, if you like Garth Nix, you got to read this book." And so I started reading it, and I loved it. Well, that's just how
7: it goes. Oh, like, thats part about Harry Potter is when you read it and you you love it as soon as you see a single person who think you might like this you're gonna borrow this book from me right now you're gonna sit down and read it and you're not gonna give it back for a year because you're gonna continuously want to read this book okay that's just maybe the experience i had (laughs) but
4: oh
8: no like honestly today my friend Blaine called me up because i was letting him read borrow my copies and i just gave him the sixth book today because he was reading it for the first time he's been borrowing Mm -hmm. my books all semester
0: yeah, now, now you get the secondhand joy of watching other, of getting other, I love getting other people to read, read books or see movies that I like. I love it. That's, that's one of the ultimate satisfactions that Scott and I get out of this podcast is when somebody comes back and says, Oh, you know, I used to, I saw Star Trek, the motion picture when I was 10 years old and I hated it and I just watched it again. And I love it now. That's...
8: Unless it happens with Twilight,
0: and then you can kill that person. Um, Twilight, uh, uh, oh my uh, god, don't even give me... Uh, you know, that's... Yeah, I, it's I, awful. I I, think I did a whole episode. I don't know if either of you guys have ever... Or any of you guys have ever seen uh, Let the Right One In. Uh
4: huh. If, no. if you get a chance, it's...
0: No. um. Oh my god, it's a Swedish vampire movie. And it's probably <laughs> one of the best vampire movies ever. And then I thought... I have to do a review of this movie, and then I have to watch Twilight. So I went to watch oh. Twilight, and it was just like the <laughs> whole, It was just the worst thing. Every I'd every ever time seen. it's
7: mentioned, I moan in pain. It's just this Actually,
0: weird um, wish fulfillment put through some Mormon ladies filter. Thing. It's so
7: horrible. It's, not, it
4: is, like, well, you know
0: it's If saying. We can do it, go to, go to True Blood. uh True Blood oh, really. uh
1: so interesting. It's good vamp. Good vampire stuff. I, yes, blood.
0: I I enjoy True Blood a lot too. It's mm-hmm. it's uh, well, it's got the guy who is sort of the brainchild, but behind American Beauty and um, what was it, Six Feet Under. So he right. he right. he's very good at characterization, but at the same time, it's kind of trashy soap opera. <laughs> yeah, a little bit with, you know, with lots of, lots of sex and violence and, and. Well, it is on HBO. Characters. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, it's very, it has very intelligent twists in it and very good acting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really, yeah. really like that no, show. I mean,
1: well, it's just a very compelling feeling that you have to keep going from episode to episode. Uh, um, I think, and there's a lot of, um interesting uh and obvious uh social parallels in um in true blood oh yeah um and
0: if, if i could talk about the social parallels in harry potter for a moment oh, sure yeah hey that's what the show's about anyway <laughs>
1: actually
4: <laughs> andrew we haven't actually given a formal introduction of what the hpa is
1: so no really yeah, yeah yeah you know in the harry potter books something terrible happens is it okay it's okay if i commit a spoiler
0: here right yeah that's you it. can spoil all you want
1: Okay, so, you know, Voldemort, uh, returns to his body, and, um, Harry witnesses that, and, uh, you know, one of his friends, uh, uh slash rival, uh, Cedric Diggory is, uh, murdered in front of him. It's an incredibly traumatic event. And, um, you know, one of the worst things that, uh, that can happen to somebody is that they experience an act of trauma, uh, that occurs in their life, and, um, uh, people around them deny that it happened. That, in a sense, is sometimes more violent, the reaction to the trauma uh, than than the actual trauma. And the government uh, and the media deny that it's happening. You know, it's one thing for something terrible to happen, it's another for the quote-unquote good people, the people that you're trusting, the institutions that are in place to make things safe, for them not to respond, and for them to actually... No. not for them only not to respond, but for them to react by uh, denying that it's happening and making you sound like you're a horrible person, which is exactly what happened. The Ministry of Magic, is which is the government in the Wizarding World, uh, is so afraid that um, what Harry saying is true, that Voldemort has returned, that they. Uh, not only deny that he's returned, but uh, when Dumbledore, Harry's mentor, who's considered the greatest wizard in the world, uh, when he comes forward and says it's absolutely true, they're put in a very sticky situation. Either they go with Dumbledore, or they have to uh, completely deny what he's saying. And so they go for the latter. Right,
0: which is more like the path of least resistance. And what what I like about a lot of that is a lot of the Ministry of Magic people aren't portrayed as bad people as much as weak people as, as weak yeah. right? as, as not, you know, standing up for, because they, they all know what's going on to uh, some of them less consciously than others, but you know, they right. know what's going on, but they, at the same time, they're sort of hoping that either it'll go away or maybe Harry Potter will beat Voldemort. and We can forget about it or whatever, but yeah. And, and while that's happening in, Actually, the mechanics of that happening is what helps Voldemort get his tentacles in.
1: That's exa- That's exactly right. That's that's couldn't be put better. Yeah, it, it's small acts of
0: cowardice
1: uh, that end up creating what we refer to as evil. It's not giant forces of evil per se. Right. Uh, there's a sociologist named Hannah Arendt who studied um, uh, the Holocaust and after the Holocaust said so that evil is not, you know, a, uh, this, I mean, she said something along the lines, to paraphrase her, evil's not this, this thing in a, in a dark alley, alley that you sort of fear and it's this great looming figure that you're afraid of in a shadowy coat. It's, it's a person in an insurance company in a cubicle who does one thing that is cruel. And he is surrounded by a lot of cubicles with people doing one thing uh-huh. that's cruel. And it all adds up to this tremendous machine of cruelty. Uh, And, yeah, I think that's right. And so uh, what we see is these acts of cowardice within the Ministry of Magic. And it is up to Harry to do something. He doesn't know what to do because they're being surveyed, uh, uh, they're surveillance, they're being watched, everything they say and do. They're prisoners uh, in their own school, which has always been uh, the safe haven um, for them, for Harry. Uh, it's now become a prison, which is very similar to being 15, which is what Harry is um, at this time. The world won't listen to him. The things that he considers safe aren't safe. His own mentor, Dumbledore, is not talking to him. And once, and here we have the concept of the mirror uh, with myth, where the myth, uh, in this case Harry Potter, takes on a mirror of your own experience, which is the experience of no one's listening to you, which we've all experienced to some degree. We certainly get it in the first book with Harry Potter, Uh, where no one listens to him because he lives in a cupboard. Now we're getting it in the fifth one in a different way. Um, uh, This concept that no one's listening to Harry. Even though Harry has the truth, we know that because we have the truth because we were there in the graveyard with him when Voldemort came back. We were with him step step before that. We watched the whole thing happen. And so it's like we ourselves are being denied the ability to tell the truth. And um, it's up to Harry to... Organize with other students to come together and form this underground student activist group that they refer to, um, ironically, as Dumbledore's Army, Uh, uh, both ironically but also with some degree of reverence towards Dumbledore, who's their mentor. And um, that activist group uh, is what I refer to it as. They end up inadvertently waking the world up to the fact that Voldemort is back, which ends up... uh, uh, changing the course of the whole situation right. uh, in a complicated way, but in a very needed way. Um, and as I'm reading this, and uh, I, I just began to look at the um, the Harry Potter fandom and see that you know MuggleNet would get over 100,000 unique visitors a day. Uh, Ricky Cauldron was getting somewhere around there as well. Wizard rock bands were forming that were had tens of thousands of followers, and I had just uh, seen Hotel Rwanda. And I saw Hotel Rwanda, I'm Jewish. I grew up watching um, movies about the Holocaust and, uh, and hearing the words, never again, never again, never again. And I had heard of Rwanda. I had heard of the Rwandan genocide. But when I saw that movie, it was one of the most horrific things I'd ever seen, uh, just to see that this had happened. And it happened while I was going to Holocaust assemblies where I was saying, never again. I was infuriated by this and even further infuriated that this movie could win an Oscar uh, just as Schindler's List won an Oscar right around the time that, that they were wanting a genocide was happening while a genocide was still going on oh, it still uh, and, in Darfur.
0: Right, and, and, it, and, and people would go to see the movie and be touched by it, and that was it, <laughs> a lot of it. Right. You know, it, can, it, can, it, we, it, can we
1: – Is there, exactly. Exactly. Is there a space that we can see a movie and we're touched by it that we can then organize collectively? Uh, Paul George of Harry and the Potters talks about how a book uh, can be an experience of solitude, which is wonderful, and it also can be a communal experience. And can we make these experiences of stories um, both ones that we can experience by ourselves but then also bring together in a community where we do something? Can we be a Dumbledore's army for the real world? Can these people that are coming two muzzle nets, two Leaky cauldron, two wizard rock bands, come together as a force that is like Dumbledore's army that woke the world up to Voldemort's return, we can wake the world up to ending genocide in Darfur because the only reason that, there, that, that that more is not being done is because the political will is not there. Right. And so here we have a pre-existing group of people that are huge in number, that the media love to report on, yep. that corporations are, are doing everything they can to sell... Uh, they're an incredibly powerful group, not even aware of, of their power um, politically, and yet the story that we're celebrating is very political in nature.
4: Yeah.
1: Uh, and so, so I wanted to create a Dumbledore's army um, for the real world, and that's what the Harry Potter Alliance is. It's, it attempts to be a uh, Dumbledore's army for the real world—a a group not just not just students, but mostly students um, across the world that acts as a sort of underground, I wouldn't call it army, that's a very, uh, it's a bit more militant than I would call what we are, but we are uh, an organization that works within the realm of fantasy and reality um, to make this world better and to honor the stories uh, and the messages that are in Harry Potter, such as mainly the idea that love is the most powerful uh, magic, as Harry Potter has said, the weapon we have is love, we, we, we took that mantra from them, and that love can transform this world. And, and this is a tremendous time uh, where there's a lot of decay and destruction happening at a rapid pace in our world, but it's also a tremendous opportunity for a lot of healing to take place and for a, a sort of alchemical transformation to take place in this world. And if it's going to happen, if that transformation is going to happen, it's going to require um, our imaginations, And it's going to, and for our imaginations to be um, triggered, it's going to require stories and modern myths and and things like Harry Potter.
0: That's absolutely true. So
1: so that's what the Harry Potter Alliance is. We're a Dumbledore's Army for the real world, and we work with uh, partner NGOs in DC and the UK and and Rwanda and um, all over the world uh, who are doing amazing things, and we get people to join their programs and projects um, to do uh, 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 good in the world um, politically, um, and, and, and through civic engagement, um, through funding, um, to protect civilians, um, in Darfur, uh, in Burma, to pressure, um, politicians to do more on behalf of civilian protection, um, to work on, uh, LGBT issues, because there's a lot of parallels in Harry Potter to, uh, to equal rights, um, to work on our own creativity. Uh, it's a very holistic kind of activism, uh, versus, uh, one of our partner NGOs, which work on one issue, uh, we're working on multiple issues in multiple ways because we have uh, the mirror of a story um, that's really a reflection of the entire human experience. Right,
4: and that's, and that's
8: something I like about it because, like, Harry Potter is something that everyone, like, young people can really associate with nowadays. And like, um, I got into Harry Potter about the time, like, like really started reading the books and like jumping in, like, headfirst into the fandom about the time I was sixteen, seventeen and i always feel like there needed to be something more and when i discovered the harry potter alliance it was it took something i really 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 loved a lot and it made a difference like uh, it just and it, it i it gives me like this f- fulfillment of my fandom like and i just feel so proud to say hey i'm a harry potter fan you want to know why cuz i'm helping people with my right. fandom and <laughs> i am a nerd fighter <laughs>
0: Nerd Fighter also sounds like a, a Super NES video game too.
8: <laughs> uh, I guess we should vlog. Uh, Nerdfighters were started sure. by Hank and John Green of the Vlog Brothers, and you can find them on YouTube. And they are take nerdy stuff to decrease world suck.
0: And speaking of YouTube, what is, what is your username on YouTube?
8: Chaos, Lydia. Chaos uh, Lydia. All all lowercase except for the L is capital. So I can send you that. Yeah,
0: and <clears throat> you pardon me. shouldn't
8: watch me. They're not good. I um, just I watched a
0: very disturbing yet G-rated video called BDSM Wookie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they
4: we were
0: so drunk.
4: <laughs>
0: and it was it was w- just one of those Zen things where your friend looked very the the BDSM Wookie. Looked very. He had that sort of thousand-yard stare, but at the same time, he could make this great sort of forlorn Wookiee call. Oh my
4: God! I'm scared. So and he
0: had a he had a, a pool toy, one of those long foam sticks, and he was just tapping people on the head, and then after a couple seconds would just go, sort
2: of...
0: but it's the saddest thing at the same time, and it's also. There's an edge of, yes, obscenity to it in some weird David Lynch sort of way. It was a great video. That's really cool. I, I that's would just, so cool. Yeah, it's, uh, Andrew,
4: don't
8: watch it. You'll never be friends with me again. At, at the same time, it was,
0: well, you know, I mean. i mean, I hope that's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh,
1: something that we want to do uh, with the Harry Potter Alliance now, uh, right now we're the reason why we're in the media at the moment is because we're, um, we're doing a really innovative, uh, campaign to, um, stop Proposition 1 in Maine, which is to, uh,
0: it's trying to... Reverse a gay marriage? Yes. Yep, yeah, exactly. It's, yes, exactly. the equivalent you know, of Prop 8 in California. Right.
1: What's, what's really interesting is, um, the question of, uh, uh about that issue is, um... A lot of people that are against gay marriage—now, not all of them, obviously—but there's a lot of people against gay marriage who tend to mistrust government. Um, but I think the question needs to be phrased as this: I mean, Does the government uh, have the right to uh, get in the way of two people um, being married because they're the same sex?
0: Well, I, I, which, is, which is a really interesting question. I have I have the perfect solution for that, and I can't believe that nobody else that they won't that they don't do this is what I think. Th- should be done is anybody I mean basically a marriage is a partnership contract so even like say it was two guys that were best friends and they weren't even gay and they were just like hey you know what I want to hang around you the rest of my life okay let's make a contract and we'll share everything they should be able to do that (laughs) anybody should be able to do that so I I think instead of getting married as the legal ceremony I think everybody gay straight whatever combination is getting married you, if it's gonna be legal, it's just it's a just so it's a it's a civil everybody gets a civil union. Now, if you you get you go get your civil union if you want to have your church wedding, you know pay, and and you know pick a church that'll let you have a wedding and and go to town and it's a symbolic you know it's a symbolic celebration for your family and everybody and it gives the bride a big day and and whatever. But you know why why should the, you know, that's, that's the problem is the churches are, are messed up in it and most churches don't want to do it.
8: My aunt um, is a preacher and back during the nineties, she was doing like illegal gay marriages in her church. And that's why I really love my aunt.
0: (laughs) It's just so, it's just so funny that it's like illegal gay marriages, you know, happening in a, in a church somewhere that, you know, that there's actually could be the possibility that the cops could come storming in. On, on, like a marriage, it's just bizarre to me. And
1: well, the the main the main thing here is that I mean, I, I I do think it's an interesting question too, of why married people get special tax rights over single people, which is a strange thing. But I, if we're going to dissolve uh, marriages uh, and and um, and make everything a civil union, then all marriages should still be on the same equal playing field between people, regardless of their sexuality. So oh, yes. what we're working in, what we're working in Maine right now to, to keep, and, and it's a larger issue than just marriage. It's about, it's about, do, I mean, the fundamental question that's being asked here is a question of human rights, and it's a question of the right, right. to be human. Do do we, do we all have the right to be human? Do our uh, our soldiers and ministers and, uh, and rabbis and teachers who are gay have the right to exist in this world the way other people do, um, because of their sexual orientation. Do our future children and grandchildren who could easily be born of uh, a different sexual orientation than heterosexual have the right to exist, uh, in the same way that other people do? And I think that's the fundamental question. And if they don't, what does that say about us and our right to exist? Well, uh, what does it say about,
0: yeah. Well, I, what, what even makes, what's even weirder to me is that with stuff like this Proposition 1 is that you can have a place that makes a decision, yes, to acknowledge them as human beings. And then there's just a, <laughs> and then to take it back? <laughs> that's yeah. really rude. That's you know. That's yeah, just, yeah, it's really
1: it's yeah. That's mean, that, that, way. Really,
0: that really speaks. You know, I mean, not making not it not becoming legal. You can always say, well, you know, society takes a long time to acclimate, and it's heading that way, and just have patience and slowly assimilation happens. But to actually have progress be made, and then and then have it and Proposition Eight prove that it can happen, you know that you can pluck that 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 happened to me on such a this is a, such a trivial thing but when when i was a kid you know the drinking age was 18 so mm-hmm. and then ju- just as i was getting to 18 it switched to 19 and then just when i was about to hit 19 it switched to 21 and it was driving me nuts oh. And, oh, and I I didn't like to go to, to drinking. I didn't yeah. even want to drink, and it was making me want <laughs> no, to drink. That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and to have somebody uh, validate you and say, yes, you're a person, you can do whatever you want, you know, no problem. And then all of a sudden to ha- say, wait, well, wait, wait a minute. Uh, enough people say, no, go on that. Sorry.
1: Yeah. You Remember know. how we said, you know, person, you can do what you want. Well, uh, <laughs> we we're, were going to have to walk out on that. that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you know What we're, we're doing on Saturday is really exciting because we have... We, did you guys already talk about this?
8: Yeah, uh, well, we didn't talk about uh, Rock for Equality, but we have talked about Wizard Rock, so...
1: Okay, well, I mean, we're, we're, we're Rock for Equality, real fast, is uh, we've got um, Harry and the Potters and Draco and the Malfoys. They're going to be at in, in, uh, the North Star Cafe in, in Portland, Maine. They're going to be performing at a concert, so all the people are going to go. After they attend they that concert in the morning... They're going to then, uh, go around main, um, canvas and going door to door, knocking on doors, reminding people, um, to go out and vote on November 3rd, um, uh, to vote, uh, no on Proposition 1. Uh, and then in the meantime, uh, at the end of that, uh, there's going to be a two hour concert at the end of that entire thing. Uh, so it's going to be a really fun filled day, but that's the non virtual element of it. The virtual element of this day is that, uh, to pray to God that the Internet works in this cafe, but, um the, the whole thing is going to be streamed live over the Internet for, for, for hundreds, if not thousands of people to watch, uh, all over the world. And then after watching the first concert, while we're out there, um... knocking on doors in Maine, they're going to be using, uh, Mass Equality's, uh, Massachusetts Equality, uh, that organization has a phone bank system set up in Maine, and uh, they're going to be using the their phone bank system. It's a free system at callforequality.org. And um, uh, we'll be calling all day to people in Maine. And then we'll come back um, to watch the, lo- the live-streamed sponsor um, uh, at the end of the day. So it's a whole day where, where the grassroots people on the ground are meeting the net roots, people that are, that are on the Internet. And it's, it's, we're all doing this collectively. It's one world uh, for humanity. Um, it's happening in the physical world. Uh, and it's happening in the virtual world, and it's a really exciting, uh, you know, combination and and uh, convergence uh, of all of these things. It's, it's quite magical. Um, and and to throw another thing in here, it's all house cup competition. Uh, whatever Hogwarts house you identify with, you're going to register in. When you're doing the phone banking, or when you're doing the canvassing, every door you knock on is 15 points for your house: Gryffindor, Ravenclaw, Hufflepuff, or Slytherin. And every uh, every call that you make is five points, um, and it's an automated system, so it it uh, it, it, it takes those those um, points in an automated way when you make those calls. And, um, we have, and, we uh, have...
8: and people have already started calling. Like right now, Hufflepuff is leading. Hufflepuff's
1: winning so far. That's right. Huh. <laughs> people have started calling already. We had a conference call about this on Sunday. We had twenty five hundred unique visitors that were on the conference call. Uh, largely, I think, thanks to the fact that um, our head of Ravenclaw is Ivana Lynch, who is um, uh, Luna Lovegood in the Harry Potter movies, and it's just an amazing human being and, and actor as well. Um, so it's a really exciting event that, that's happening. Uh, this, well, um, uh, by the time this airs, it won't be this Saturday anymore. Um, but no, uh, yeah,
6: this
1: Saturday, October, yeah, <laughs> yeah October 24th. Uh, by the time this airs, we'll probably already know the results of Potboiler yeah. uh, One. Yeah. In May. and and here's the thing about these results and prop and and I hate to say this, but lose, uh, which I I truly hope we don't. But um, the polls are dead even right now, and and what pollsters and pundits are saying is that this could basically people have already made up their minds for the most part. In, in, there was a uh, there was one poll that had forty eight percent to forty eight percent, so the majority of people already uh, know they're going to vote. The question is, are they going to vote? And so the side that's going to win is going to be the side that gets the most people out to the polls. And so it could come down to a single vote, and therefore the fate of marriage equality in Maine and the fate of the momentum of the entire uh, movement, the civil rights movement for, for marriage equality and gay rights in this country, could be in the hands of Harry Potter fans. Uh, I mean, talk that's about a awesome. moment to, to rise up, to rise up <laughs> and be a hero. Uh, it's a really, really exciting moment and exciting time. Uh, it feels like a little bit of too much responsibility, but, um, but, and if we can't be too hard on ourselves, but at the same time, it's an exciting time because we're, you know, look at what we can be part of. Um, and Harry says in the fifth movie, as he's training, um, people on Dumbledore's army, every great wizard in history has started off as nothing more than we are now. If they can do it, why not us? And, you know, we look at all the great heroes in the, the stories that we love um, uh, that are fiction, and we look at all the great uh, heroes in the stories that we love that are nonfiction in the world. So all of those great heroes did start from uh, a place, normally, of, uh, of meager beginnings, um, whether they're uh, an orphan or from a, uh, an impoverished background or, or had all sorts of struggles, uh, or they felt like no one was listening to them. We all have the opportunity to do great things, um, although I do also want to couple that with Mother Teresa, who said that, uh, you know, we can do, there are no, like, great things, there's, there's only doing small things in great ways, uh, or something along those lines, but, uh, so, those small things that we do, do add up. Um, yeah, and that's I
8: mean, uh, what yeah. we did for uh, Akio Books.
1: Yep, A- for Acio Acio Books, Acio- we, yeah, yeah.
8: Akio Books was this program that we did back in March, uh-huh. right, March?
4: Mm -hmm. And
8: um, what it was, was um, we were wanting to raise something like, well, like we were shooting for like a thousand books to send to a a youth village in Rwanda, and these are the kids that survived the genocide, and we got, like, and everyone just donated a few books, and we ended up getting, what, like 13,000? Holy
1: cow. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there there there, were over 13,000, there were over 14,000 books in total that were donated across the world. But of those 14,000, uh, 4,000 of them were donated to this youth village in Rwanda, where the kids, uh, all the kids there, um, their parents were murdered uh, in 1994's oh, Rwandan yeah. genocide. So, uh, so that's that's uh, another thing um, that we've done. Uh, I mean, there's just so many cool examples. Uh, when the UN, when uh, a partner group of ours um, in the UK sent letters uh, to the UN saying, "Don't," you know. Uh, don't let Sudan get off the hook here for, 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 for its war criminals that have engineered this, this, uh, this genocide in Darfur. Uh, uh, they sent 10,000 signatures. And of those 10,000 signatures, over three-quarters of those 10,000 signatures came from the Harry Potter lines. So it's really watching Dumbledore's army uh, in action. I mean, there's, there's, there's so many uh, various ways. Um, I, I've now begun saying, uh, actually, Paul of Harry Potter's thought of this. Uh, the Harry Potter Alliance, A Novel Approach to Activism. <laughs> <laughs> we, we call ourselves book eight. Eight.
8: We, we call ourselves yes. the fans Book 8.
4: Yes, we, we are, are, we first are first Book 8. Story. Yeah, yeah we're again, the 8th like, book. And yeah. it
8: it's not even like big things. Like, we do a little, a bunch of little things. Like, we just had Magical Acts of Kindness Week, which mm-hmm. is where you go out of your way to do something nice. Like, at the time, I was running a show in theater, so I hand... Writ, wrote letters to all my actors thanking them for working hard and like some people would like make cupcakes and take them to librarians it's like we do big <laughs> things but we just do like little things just uh be nice and magical right. acts of kindness week was awesome
0: i like that cupcakes to librarians that sounds like it that's yeah, like, like a <laughs> society right there the society for cupcakes for libra- librarians
1: and like that's, that's what we do what, it's we're always churning out something. So, so we could be working on something very big as far as what the ramifications are, or something very small where it's spreading love and kindness, which is really, in essence, all we really want to be doing. Uh, and, and also, um, doing exercises, uh, to, so to be more creative and, and more in touch with the magic of our lives, um, getting beyond what we call, uh, the muggle mindset, the sort of unimaginative, um, way of being in the world versus, you know, really opening up to our, imagination, the landscape of our soul. Uh, and and if, you, um,
8: if people really want to get involved with our group, we have chapters all over the world. Like, I just started up the Atlanta chapter. And um, there's we have chapters literally all over the world, and you can find it on our website if, if, if you, you want to join a chapter.
0: Yeah, and if you don't have a chapter in your town, you could start one.
8: Oh, easily. Exactly. But if you ever want to have questions about chapters, email chapters at the Alliance dot org. And um, our wonderful chapters coordinators are awesome and they're, they work so hard every day uh, to keep chapters organized and keep us like really, really. On the ball, and uh, we like right now we're having a chapters competition for Rock for Equality, and I'm sad to say as a terrible chapter organizer, I'm not really on the ball with that one.
7: <laughs> well, your honest. chapter can choose its own campaigns. It's not to say that every campaign that goes through the HPA is something Actually, that your chapter has to has to That's attack just... and accomplish.
0: Akyo so,
8: so. Akio Books wasn't even ours. It came from a chapter, and we were like, man, let's run with this. So.
0: Yeah, and uh, for the people who are who are too lazy to write it down, you can just go to our Libsyn blog's blog site to and I'll have links right to the Harry Potter Alliance. So yeah, we all have, have a main page, and, and then
4: we have like a common room.
0: So, well, yeah, well, that's
1: awesome, Chris. Because I, I mean, what hope is and and uh, you know saying here that we really make it easy for people to interact with us. We've got a Twitter, we've got a YouTube, we've got uh, we just Facebook, definitely, all Facebook the and MySpace, And we got, we yeah. got all the trimmings, all the new, the, 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 uh, the new media trimmings, uh, this thing called Ning.com, which is our hub actually. Uh, and so, uh, and we got podcasts. We got, so, um, uh, and And we make it really easy for people to join our staff or or start a chapter and it's, it's always exciting one thing i I would like and I was so intrigued and I am so intrigued would do a podcast Uh-oh. by focusing on multiple stories yeah well is um is um one of the next steps I think I would love to see is um and and uh the HPA may start a, a sort of an initiative to work with other fan communities. Yes.
0: Well, uh, my advice is Star yep. Trek. Star Trek's got a philosophy behind it, you know? Gene Roddenberry had mm-hmm. a philosophy and a vision of the future that was very... And I've been starting to watch the, the whole run of The Next Generation again from the beginning, and I'm like on the 10th episode. But I see his fingerprint of how mankind... You know, his idea of how mankind has advanced beyond a lot of, you know, their, their vices... By you know by this time and uh, <coughs> so you know I mean. The, See,
8: I was thinking the five hundred first because don't they give to charities a lot? And that's that, that's Star Wars, so... Star Wars, I, I,
3: yeah.
8: I, I was hearing about the five hundred first. They get. I don't know if they're a humanitarian group, but I've heard that they've given to charities before.
0: Yeah, Star. And I, then I, there's the brown
1: coats think. from Firefly.
8: Yeah, the brown coats.
1: Gotta love that. So got a couple. Of, I mean, it, it, you you see philanthropic things that are happening in in certain fandoms, and uh, and definitely Star Trek being a, a a modern myth. I mean, I call these things modern myths. Uh, that that um, uh, that's got just such rich allegory and, and lessons that I I used to learn a lot of Star just, Trek actually. Just
0: to, just to brainstorm here, though. I'm thinking catchphrases mm-hmm. here, baby. Catchphrases. <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah. We're, we're we're talking Lord of the Rings, because then you could, yep. if Lord of the Rings can somehow bring all the nerd stuff together, you could use some sort of one ring to join them all. Publicity <laughs> stunt. Oh well, yeah, you know, we can actually
1: we can actually make it a group of Nings, a Ning.com. We call it one Ning to rule them all. One Ning to rule them
6: uh, all. <laughs> I, mean,
8: <laughs> awesome. I would go to the one dot net and propose it there. Like, the one dot net is still like a major hub of Lord of the Rings fans.
6: Yeah. Well,
0: um, I've, been, I've been a big proponent since I think episode 14 of our show of the nerds of the world have got to unite because there's just such an immense amount of power. To,
8: See, that's where the, I think the nerd fighting movement is going.
0: Like, oh, nerd, Chris, you got to check out nerdfighters. Fighters. You got
1: to. I mean, that's what the nerdfighters Fighters are. Is is uh and and uh and, and I think you'll be a, a tremendous contributor to that because uh that, that that's kind of the concept is that we as nerds or dorks or whatever you want to call yourself uh you know need to come together and and uh, and fight with what these two guys. Who are who started Nerd Fighters, uh, John and, and uh, Hank Green? They call World Suck, which which is uh, you know uh, and, social injustice. And, and
8: their uh, their motto is DFTBA, which is Don't Forget to Be Awesome. So they're always saying, guys, just DFTBA, guys. Don't forget to be awesome.
0: Well, with that, yeah. I was just gonna say, with that, I was just <laughs> gonna end this segment just because it's running a little bit long. But we'll just pick it up right out right in the next segment.
1: And if that need sounds great I, I should yeah. go too uh, th- this has been such a pleasure thank you I I really hope we can uh, we can continue talking about these the, 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 you know this last piece uh, essential uh, definitely about nodes coming together and also multiple fandoms and stories coming together to do great work my dad's always there
3: to open all my doors you have to call a patroness just to catch a glimpse of yours. My mom says she loves me, but she tucks me into bed. How's your mommy doing? our house elf are brought down to our family name but your parents still got toasted by a big green glowing flame my dad is rich and your dad is dead my dad is rich and your dad is
0: All right, we're back, and uh, Andrew, Andrew had to go. He had a friend editing a movie in a coffee house that he had to go meet. And I love Man. the fact that there can be people sitting in <laughs> coffee houses now. as as a filmmate, when I was in film school, like editing a movie was su- like even on video was such an expensive undertaking that you know I got to do it because I was in film school and all the equipment was there. But if I wanted to do it at home or in a coffee house. You know, it's unimaginable. So I love that people can be sitting in a coffeehouse editing, editing a movie. So I don't know what that has to do with Harry Potter.
7: Hey. it's all about the creativity of the thing though
8: oh it really is like we were talking about the documentaries and like the wizard's uh-huh. gone wild documentary that's in the making right now it's all streaming from fans like um they, they send out a thing and they're like if you have any videos of mm-hmm. you just singing in the car or you being at a rock show or you just hanging out with your friends and just doing crazy stuff send it to us because we want it and that's all this documentary is gonna be is just crazy videos from fans
0: and, and I want the listeners right now, whenever you hear the word rock, you have to picture a W in the front of it.
8: Yeah, it's there's W-R-O-C-K. always a W. W R O C K.
0: One thing I was thinking about, since there's almost 700 wizard rock bands, is uh-huh. it must be getting harder and harder to find a name for your band or to come up with a good name. You for your
7: have band. no idea how many times there are instances of oh, the a band name. name the same band name except one of them they, one of them will have a parentheses after it sure. with the location
4: uh, like yeah, the Acid
7: Pops and, and the Acid Pops Australia or maybe they're Canada I can't remember right now Yeah, the Isn't top there of my like head.
8: 12 the Hermione Grangers like 12 of them or something I, <laughs> I, I remember,
0: remember
7: there's a lot. like that many but
0: I was briefly in a punk rock band which had the greatest name in the world which was called My Penis <laughs> which if you once you start talking about the hey you know handing out flyers going hey have you seen my penis hey you should come check out my penis my penis <laughs> is big in japan See, you know i
8: really really want to make a band called back again so when they come on stage i go we're back again
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's
8: actually an all serious
0: <laughs> and then you I can I just can... go thank you good night <laughs>
8: <laughs> I, I, I
0: fulfilled my purpose
8: like well, actually though, in all seriousness, if I created a Time Lord rock band, which is
0: truck I want it to be Ace and the Nitro Nines. Mine would have K nine. K-9, mine would have K nine in it somehow.
7: I'm not creative enough for making bands.
0: This is Just why I write buy a about a bunch them. of Sonic screwdrivers too. I'll bet.
8: See, I would oh, want to. Gosh, um... I, if I had a wizard rock band though, I would actually want to sing more about the fandom and slash pairings and like write love songs <laughs> to all ah, my slash pairings. Ah, slash I can't pairings.
6: Stand your slash
0: pairings. Oh,
4: let's talk about out. it, yeah.
0: Yes, this is an interesting topic right here. We went from we're going from really deep metaphysical conversation with Andrew. <laughs> now that he's gone, we can start talking about slash pairing names. Now just for the uninitiated, which I doubt there's anybody listening like I didn't slash. St- it sort of started with people who like wanted to write stories about Kirk and Spock having sex, and yeah. they were called, and I guess yeah. it was because it was Kirk slash Spock or whatever. So the so of course there's Harry Potter slash. Yeah, and everyone has knows. their
8: OTPs and OTP is your one true pair. And then you could go into OT threes, which is like three Oh my god, I know. <laughs> oh my uh, god. <laughs> my my O T oh yeah, my O T three for Doctor Who is Jack, Tint Doctor, and Yanto. And oh my god, I love that OT three so much. Speaking
7: speaking of um, people's choices of OTPs, there is a band by the name of Dreary in the ha! <laughs> Just so you know, well, dreary being Draco Harry.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, my God. God.
8: You want to see how many we can name off?
0: Yes, uh, Doc... please.
7: You're going to okay. be doing this of the naming, hun. Oh, my
8: God. I'm so bad at this because I, I know what I like. I know I like Snoopin', which is Snape and Lupin. Um, they're my OTP. Um, I also like Puppy Love, which is uh, Sirius and Remus, and that's because Sirius can turn into a dog and Remus is right. a werewolf. Right. Um, there's Snary, which I really hate because it's oh, Snape it's Harry, creepy. and I don't understand it. Um, it's, then, like,
7: Snape Myony, is that what, what... do they call Snape Hermione? I don't
8: know, but creepy. I know the one I... <laughs> yes, I believe, exactly. <laughs> the one I really, really hate, though, are the Harmony shippers, and that's... <laughs> that's Harry and Hermione, and they just oh, scare their pants God. off me because they're like, you read a Harmony oh. thing, and they're like... Harry and Hermione are going to be in love. Oh, my God, we have to kill Ron. Let's kill him. Ron's going to die. Oh, my God. Okay, he's dead. And they're going to Mac, and they're going to have babies, and they're going to be frizzy-haired, scarred babies. <laughs> frizzy-haired, scarred
7: babies?
0: As if scars are passed on by genetics. I like that. <laughs>
8: Apparently. Like, in Harmony, shippers are oh, so... Like, Melissa Nelly. I keep, I keep referencing her, but she's just so great. It's, like, Harry of history is just such a great bug because like my favorite chapter is when she was talking about how the Harry Potter fandom help, helped her get through 9/11 because she couldn't find her sister because her sister worked in the World Trade Center
6: Ooh. and yeah. um,
8: she's spoiler she's okay um, <laughs> but I mean it's it's so good but she has this like long chapter about the debate between this was before like the last final books so it was about book four or five and it, it has this whole paragraph about a colon like like the punctuation colon not like your lower right. intestine right. <laughs> and because there's like a colon in like i think the fourth book where Hermione's like f- uh fleur de la like kisses harry and ron on the cheek but because where this one little colon is plays after her- in hermione's oh, reaction it comes <laughs> to either she was jealous over harry or jealous over ron and it's like harmony shippers are scary and they will like debate you <laughs> the floor. And that-
7: they love the seventh book because it has been admitted by J.K. Rowling that in the seventh book there was possibility that those two would have ended up together and so they just sort of grab onto that hope and pretend <laughs> that the ending didn't happen the but way yeah. it did um, and just they just say, roll with
8: it. My roommate just gave me a note card and it says Geek, but I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I I can't speak. My my roommate's a huge Transformers geek, so we have this like huge debate about who's geekier. But I mean, I think I'm geekier. <laughs> I know I'm taking the cake. Like she always makes right. fun of me because I have like doujinshis, which is uh. Japanese fan comics, and I have Harry Potter doujinshis, and they're all in Japanese, but they're fan comics, and they're so they're That's my amazing. pride and joy. They're my they're from Japan, and they're my pride and joy of my collection.
7: I want to tell you a little bit about. Um, I, I'm sure you've heard of Mary Sue's and Gary Stu's in fanfiction. The Mary Sue... <laughs> Do you know what a Mary Sue Mary... is, Chris? I have Sue... no idea. Okay, a Mary Sue is... Basically, it's a terrible fan... Typically, a terrible fanfiction writer writing themselves into oh. the story. But they're not themselves. They are everything perfect. They are the love interest of everybody, especially whoever the main character is. Usually Harry and/or Draco, usually and an Anne. Snape and Lupin and Sirius. Snape. They're, everybody's Dumbledore. in love with this person. They Dumbledore, get to founder. The they have some special ability, like they're a parcel tongue, or you know yes. whatever else. Of course, oh exactly. And, and they're, they're, one they're small, perfect, really.
8: Their one flaw is usually they're really clumsy. That way they can fall yeah. into the main characters. All and life. it's... Exactly.
7: <laughs> and my favorite thing is there's this hilarious song. I actually found this when I was just getting um, really into wizard rock. And so it was just sort of in the process of finding music about Harry Potter. The song by Skittle Sama. It's called The Life. And it's, the song is The Life of a Mary Sue. It is the... F-ing funniest thing <laughs> I have ever heard. Oh my god! I need to hear this song. Dinah, send it to <laughs> me. I will send it to you. I will send it to you. But it's it's brilliant. There's my favorite part of the song. I'm sorry, I'm going to spoil this for you. But my favorite part of the song is she um she breaks off and at this one point to list all of the people who are in love with her, and she literally goes through <laughs> and names every single male at Hogwarts. <laughs> in See. One- It is the funniest thing you will ever hear. I love it.
8: And there's Mm -hmm. Mary Sues in every fandom. Like, I remember reading this Lord of the Rings fanfic, and, like, this girl, like, suddenly appeared in the fellowship, and they rescued her, and she had been, like, rape-beaten and, like, destroyed. And, and, like, when she shows up, (laughs) like, she's, like, dirty, and she's, like, bloody, and she smiles, and she's like, hi, I'm Mary Sue! And they're all like, oh my god, I love this child. And, like, Aragorn and Legolas are, like, beating the shit out of each other, trying to fight over her. And, like, Gimli picks her up and runs. (laughs) And it's, like, (laughs) it's so terrible. And, like, the hobbits are, like, trying to hug her because their face comes up right to the hair
4: boobs. It's
0: like this terrible fanfic. That's, there's that's many the, <laughs> yeah, the, in Oh yeah, there's, uh, I mean it's just like when you uh, go to YouTube and see the people who've learned how to use After Effects to make their lightsabers. Oh and, my god. And like half the time it's basically just a story for them to write their th- themselves as a rogue Jedi or Sith that gets in a big lightsaber <laughs> fight with their you know with their friends at the dojo you know and they'll do this intense lightsaber fight and you know play some pivotal role in the star wars universe and you can tell it's just you know hey it's me and my buddies and we're jedis now
8: (laughs) (laughs) oh and all all Marisus have crazy names like raven red potter Pristensia Potter, Raven And Red, well.
7: Potter, the long-lost twin of Harry Potter. I was lost at birth.
4: Uh, and- <laughs>
8: <laughs> it's so true. There's a great story. I think it got taken down, but this English major purposely wrote a bad fan fiction to oh show how ridiculous Mary Sue's were. And Ron, like, renamed himself, like, Vampire Weasley and Harry was <laughs> Potter. And, like... It's. She purposely wrote this fan fiction bad as a satire of how bad Mary Sue's are. It was. Fan That's f- amazing. It's like, like Draco was like gothic. And he was like, "My name is Blood Draco, and I like being a vampire." Oh, but do you know what my favorite thing about Mary Sue's is? Huh. What is fault. your
0: favorite thing about Mary Sue's?
8: <laughs> one from Twilight to Mary Sue. The entire. She, oh.
7: The
0: entire no, book. The entire concept yeah, of it. Everything.
8: Yeah.
4: And that. It's, it's that
7: is. It, like
0: Perfect. highlight is the penultimate Mary Sue back, story. Back to that. Well, I'm glad because I like did my little podcast about that, but I haven't really gotten it. I don't think any of the other people that I talked to actually would go like put themselves through that movie. I think it's more like <laughs> The only know, reason I, I saw watch...
8: it like, is my sister really likes it and she treated me to it. Well, yeah,
0: the, yeah, I mean <laughs> I mean the movie is made for twelve year old girl wish fulfillment, but it's just I haven't read the book That's and, I, the kind and of I'll probably that that should
8: be happening.
0: I'll don't, I torture don't, myself by reading the book too though just Don't to, take
8: it seriously it's funny I like can't Edward take it Coleman, seriously. Edward Cullen at this one point like it's so ridiculous like he's standing across the room and she's sitting there and he drops across the room like a goddamn panther and pins her down he's like I had to hold myself back grab would kill you and I'm just like are you serious?
7: No. So, <laughs> really yeah
4: and if,
8: I, if a guy looked at me across the room like a goddamn panther, I'd be like shitting myself, and I'd be
0: like, "Get the
4: hell out of my room." Yeah, <laughs> yeah for real. <laughs> it's <That's>
7: terrifying.
0: <laughs> it no, that's hot.
7: The worst it's, part is the, the terrifying thing you. to me you know is I, the fact that this is what we're teaching young girls is acceptable.
0: Well, it's can, a weird abstinence can I get really, really dirty. Thing. Oh technically, no, technically, it's not. It's all
7: about how much she wants sex. But she's constantly talking about how much she wants to do him, well, and she that he does better. because
0: she's really a repressed Mormon lady with oh. two kids and a husband, riding in the Midwest, going, "I wish I could have sex with vampires." But oh,
8: Chris, can I get I wish really, I could go really to dirty? Sleep.
0: Go, yeah, sure. Okay,
8: so I'm not shitting you. Look this up. Google this. It's I, I my friend showed me this. There is a dildo called The Vamp. It's
4: so funny! It's, <laughs> you know, it
8: gets better. What's you can, in, really you can uh, put it in the refrigerator so it will be cold. Sure. And and it has unlike,
0: unlike other dildos which aren't you, refrigerator safe.
8: The, the oh, yeah.
7: description says purposefully that it's so that you'll get the natural effects okay. that you would with him.
0: The, the natural effects... Supposedly, the natural
8: undead oh, so effect. It has <laughs> glitter on it, so it sparkles in the sunlight. Uh-huh. And the thing is, though, the does it part...
0: shrivel up and burn to dust in the sunlight? That would be awesome. Or does it just but fade no, away?
8: Sparkle.
7: Did you, did you not watch oh, that yes, movie? Oh yes, I did
0: watch. Yes, sparkles but I'm
8: just. Really
4: but bad. the worst part of this is, is reading
8: the delusional comments from people left. I read one, and this girl, this comment from this girl was like, "Oh, I have two. I put I make one hot and one cold, so Jacob oh and John are fucking me at the same time." And I'm like. What is wrong with you? Oh people? my God!
0: You know why? It's because, wrong. because I'll tell you right now, that isn't a woman who bought two of them. That's a fifty-year-old guy who's marketing, <laughs> marketing <laughs> these things, and he's getting out there going, "I, I love them." As a matter of fact, I bought two of them,
7: dude. Please let that be true, because I would not put it past some of the fan girls. Who... I, I know his
0: name. His I... name's Maury Clawhammer, and. He's got a cigar <laughs> chomped in the corner of his mouth. It's Maury Clawhammer's House of Dildos. We got the vampire dildo. Any Lord of the Rings fans here? We got the Balrog. Oh, my <laughs> <God>. <laughs> <laughs> You
4: know?
7: I have I, I make a point of I find the most ridiculous Twilight merchandise and I share it with a coworker who sits next to in the cubicle next to me at work, and she'll send me I'll send these to her all day long. My I've sent her the the vampire dildo. I've I have found a shower curtain that is personalized to have Edward Cullen's face, just his face. Peering on the entire shower. Peering through.
0: in as you take a shower.
7: <laughs> Giant Edward Cullen face. My favorite one, though. Absolute favorite one. There's an actual shadow silhouette, life size silhouette that you have, and you put it on your wall, and it has the words "Be safe" next to it. <laughs> <laughs>
8: and he's <laughs> watching <laughs> over you. That's so yeah. creepy. I would like wake
5: up and scream.
7: I know! It's like, oh no, it's just the creepy stalker shadow that I put up. (laughs) (laughs) It's so ridiculous. It's hilarious! (laughs) It's the funniest stuff in the world. Well, hopefully
0: (laughs) hopefully it'll lead these 12-year-old girls to actual good genre stories maybe they'll read the sad thing is that
8: there's adults okay I'm gonna totally rat her out my friend Katie um loves Twilight like to death and Uh, last semester she went to study abroad and before she left she was always joking around she's like I'm gonna go to Wales and meet my Edward Cullen and we were like yeah yeah Katie whatever Three months later, we get a call for her, from her, and she's like, "Guys, I'm engaged." And we looked up oh this my guy's God. picture, and he looks like Edward Cullen. And we That's just
7: terrible. Okay, Edward Cullen, like the way he's described in the books, or Robert Pattinson, who's actually a really <laughs> creepy looking individual.
8: Robert Patterson. And I'm sorry, I didn't like his Harry Potter. I don't like. Oh, no. did he, you like, say like, okay? What's the like, He's
7: supposed to be Cedric Diggory, the big oh, I'm the hunk, everybody loves me, but he's not very attractive. Well,
0: <laughs> Victor <laughs> Crumb was cuter. But the thing, the thing I that... think the thing about his hunkiness is they were playing on maybe his actual hunkiness, but the success of Twilight. I don't know, maybe, I don't even know if maybe uh, the Twilight even affected his casting in it because they could have been working on Harry Potter. Twilight or happened or later. Crumb, yeah. Yeah. So.
6: See, I have is, no uh, idea. His it's best ridiculous.
7: performance
8: was at the Oscars. The 2008 Oscars, I'm wanting to say. Um,. They were, when they were going through the nominations for Best Actor, they would, like, give little speeches about each actor. He was sitting behind one of the nominees, and every ten seconds, he would change a pose. Like, he'll be <gasps> touching his chin. And then, he, like, ten seconds later, he would, like, look off, like, dreamily. And the That's next, amazing. And, like, the next one, he would pout. <laughs> and I'm just laughing my ass off at this damn video of him posing behind, I think oh it was something God. crazy, like, Leon ne- Neeson. <laughs>
7: That's
0: remarkable.
8: Like, this guy, he's a joke and a character of himself. I cannot take Robert Patterson seriously. I just can't. Seriously. There's
0: there's nothing about Twilight that can or should be taken unless you're being academic about it and just sort of dissembling the it actually hurts subtext if you really there's nothing to dissemble. yeah
8: i, I was well, actually going to my bookstore <laughs> at the beginning of the semester to buy my school books and one of our english classes is teaching twilight and no i well, i don't know if it's good or bad
0: well the it's thing sad. about it is there is subtext in it but i don't think it was intentional i think it, it was more about it's the definitely author
8: cannot make a, a simile the life of her
0: but, I, no. but that stuff...
7: And you can tell what word of the day was on her word of the day calendar. Yeah, you... I
0: love that. I, you see, that stuff fascinates me because it's it's it, it, it goes beyond being like, okay, I want to read this good story. It has all these levels of like, yeah, this woman was... I think she was an insomniac and a Mormon woman, and she's married, has two kids, and she'd be up all night, and she'd write these stories... You know, out of her subconscious. I have, I
7: have a little twilight story. Um, I, was, I was studying abroad a couple semesters ago myself. And there was this time frame where I was, you know, away from home, everything. I had a whole bunch of work in class. I was going crazy. And I just finished turning in, a, I think, three papers. And I decided I needed a, a, a little bit of time to just turn my brain off and not think for, like, a week. So what I did was I picked up the Twilight books and I read them. I didn't have a single coherent thought that had anything to do with the real world whatsoever for a week straight because I was just reading Twilight.
0: It was great. Yeah, it does have <laughs> nothing to do with the real. It has, a, you know, the, the I, vampires I, I are academics not, to it. There's, there's so, no uh, elements of a vampire story. The vampires aren't really. Threaten, yeah. There's no, there's yeah. no threat of the corruption of becoming the undead. It's something that she actually yearns for. And, yeah, yeah. And See, the, the my... issue that he's what's you know this old guy hanging out with this high school girl is never really never. You, know, really but impressed. one of my favorite
7: quotes is from um, a wizard rocker named Alex Carpenter.
4: Oh.
7: Um is he, he was talking about Twilight, and he said, Twilight is the H- Hannah Montana of literature. <laughs> See,
8: and I have, there's, <laughs> um, there's a girl in my, cha- my uh, chapter of the HPA, and she's a Harry Potter and a Twilight fan. And I asked her what she liked about it, and she looks right at me and goes, well, you know... Harry Potter's my soulmate. Twilight's that hot guy I take up to the mountains
4: for a weekend.
0: Jeez. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I guess you could sort of put it that way in in some way, but you also get a venereal disease at the same time. <laughs>
8: Yeah, you know. Bugs, And then you'll get rigor mortis. Just...
0: Or you end up pregnant <laughs> with a deformed baby or something, you know. There's all sorts of horrible things that See, can come out See, I don't of understand pairing.
8: what she was smoking. Because, like, the first one, the first book, from what I can tell from the movies, looks like it's a romance. The next one looks like it's the Da Vinci Code. And what I hear from the last <laughs> book, the last book I hear is if she smoked pot, read all the crap fan fiction on Twilight, and just published it published in, like, it. <laughs> <laughs> they were <made> of <laughs> It's amazing. <laughs> I just want to say I'm really excited because the Phillies are going to the World Series. Oh! I'm wow,
0: sports just intruded into two true freaks who are treading on dangerous ground there, girly. And um, um, I am is
8: completely lost. Isn't it the fact, because like, like, I hate that the general stereotype is that only boys can be geeks, and I, I like the fact that I'm a girl and I'm a geek.
7: Like, well, you know, so do I. But, I mean, I'm happy to not be a part of... To, I am happy to be a part of the stereotype of girls not really being into sports. Like, I have to say probably one of <laughs> the most
8: annoying things ever is... um I went to a comic shop back in my hometown, and I was—I um, used to play trading card games a lot in high school. And I was looking at some, like, uh, at um, a game that I used to play, and I was just kind of like laughing because um, at the direction it's taken. And this guy walks up to me and just gives me this look, and he's just looking at me, and I just kind of gave him this like little smile, and I went over to the comics, and he's watching me, and so finally I just looked at him like, "Dude, what's your problem?" And he's like do you even know what you're talking about? (laughs) Why are you even in here? And I just looked at him, and I bitched him out. And I was like, do you know what the fuck Superman's going nowadays? Right now, Superman is doing this, this, and this.
4: And
8: I looked right up and said, do you know who Damien is in the DC world? And I was like, no. And I'm like, that's Batman's son. And he's the new Robin. And do you know who because Jason Todd just came back and he yes, hasn't been here since, like, the 60s. Do you know how Jason Todd died? He was beaten to death by the Joker, but of course he wasn't beaten to death, and then he came back and beat the shit out of the Joker, you motherfucker! And he was just so quiet. I was so proud of myself.
0: <laughs> and then just be a, a listen, little boy, don't even make me take you down the anime road. Do you know anything about that? he just be like, uh,
8: the, like That's oh, my uh, least favorite type of geeks, because when you're the king of the mountain of the most, like... It's one thing of saying like, "Yeah, I'm a geek," but when you're that asshole geek that are like, "Well, I know every date and of every event that has happened in this," dude, camp- that's not
7: even relevant stuff. It's not about knowing the no. dates and crap. It's about exactly. living it. It's
0: about the I ideas of stuff. it and how they apply to you and exactly. the world around you. Well, that's what at the you know coming back to the, the Clone Wars panel that there was some of that going on on our panel. You know, there were like, yeah. There, it was really funny. We when we did the adult themes, there were a couple people who just would spout out some little piece of information that had nothing to do with actually what we were talking about. Just to, they just wanted to, they just
7: to, to prove themselves. that they
0: were. That they knew super a little bit more about it or knew something to add to something that somebody mentioned that was had nothing really to do with the main topic. Yeah, it, it's very. But you know, I, those
8: guys are assholes. The, the
0: great thing about Um, that I noticed about Dragon Cons and just sort of gatherings of nerdy, geeky people in general is there's there's still assholes there, but the proportion is way smaller than in normal society. And um, one thing I was really happy about, and this is a pet peeve of mine, at Dragon Con, all those people there, tens of thousands of people there, I saw nobody with chin pubes. You know what I'm talking about? Those weird (laughs) little, like, douchebag, um, um, beard styles where it's like a quarter inch thick strap that goes under, or some sort of weird, uh, I just, there's something just primal about that that makes me say that's, you know, and I don't want to be the fashion police or whatever, but I am, I'm. And nobody, unless it was there was some sort of irony to it, you know, or, or something where there, some costume that was a a combination of the Gotti brothers and Chewbacca or something like that. But that made me very happy because I don't know about what what Georgia, what the rest of Georgia's like, but up here in Western New York, there's just a lot of people with weird. And I wonder, and it makes me wonder how they trim those goddamn things. Mm-hmm. See that right here where Scott's going? Like, God, I wish I was in the show. What are they talking about? He's talking about chin pubes right now.
4: <laughs>
8: how do we
0: get from Harry Potter to chin See, pubes? We have next pubes. Okay, so so chin <laughs>
7: pubes. All right, I, I'm going to try and do this.
0: There's a lot of different things that could be chin pubes, but okay, go on.
7: So chin pubes brings us back to the pubescent age Ooh,
3: good, that good. all
7: these kids are going through. <laughs> right? And, uh, uh, however, I'm with Dina. Saying, I actually want to pull this back one step further.
8: Oh, um, you just got really I mean, quiet there, honey. Sorry about
4: that.
7: Um,
8: I have something, a band I want to tell you about. Oh. This is, this is a band I've
7: been trying to get people to Dina.
8: listen to. Dinah, get a little closer to your mic.
7: Okay, am I close enough that, for you? Oh
0: yeah, yeah, that's better.
7: Okay, so um, there's this band I've been trying to get people to listen to for quite a while now. I like to refer to them as the kids' Bop of Wizard Rock.
4: <laughs> oh, man.
7: <laughs> and actually, I, I ended up looking of up course. the guy who did this. Um, it, the band is called Robbo and the Hogwarts Kids. And this guy Rabo, apparently, he he's like a big children's choir person, and he's actually like had children's choirs perform at the White House multiple times, and so this is like a big deal kind of guy. And so he did um, that. He did Rabo in the Hogwarts Kids, and it's like a children's choir. And my favorite song <laughs> is "I Want to Go to Hogwarts with Harry." It is amazing. And you will listen to it. I'll I'll link you guys to it so that you can listen to this. Um, It is the most remarkable thing you will hear, and your day will be brightened by a million times.
0: And and parents, you you know, since you can't let your kids listen to this podcast because we talked about dildos, undead dildos, (laughs) you you can at least hook them up to this band and... (laughs) <laughs> you can, can totally hook them
7: up to Bravo and the Hogwarts kids.
8: man <laughs> right. like Dinah. If, if you don't mind, Chris, do you want to like uh, say our some like suggest our favorite bands that people need to look at for kids, for teenagers, and for adults of Wizard Rock? Oh, if that's yeah. okay with Chris, I would.
0: I would really just like to hear you guys just rifle off as many ri- Wizard Rock band names as you can. I think that would My be God. great. That, are you that... sure you want me to do that? Oh, yeah, are you we'll sure be for that would hour. please me very much? yes uh,
7: okay
0: Harry and the Potters
8: yeah. <laughs> you know, their Riddle,
7: Riddle TM
8: uh the Parcel Mouths
7: oh um the Moaning Myrtles
8: the Womping Willows who are dating the Moaning Myrtles <laughs> it's true <laughs> <laughs> oh actually Minutes not both of them. of them only one the Moaning Myrtles are two girls uh, Matt's <laughs> only dating Lauren not Nina <laughs> yep. so, that'd be weird we love that would you be a, Matt well,
7: yeah definitely on the weird side so, uh, yes. Bruno Waslib. Uh,
8: Justin Finch-Fletchley and the Sugar Quills.
7: Diagon Alley.
8: Uh, oh, my brain, uh, oh, Creepy Crisis.
7: Madam Pince and the Librarians. Incidentally, the winner of Wizrocklopedia Wizard Rock People's Choice Award for Best New Band of 2008.
8: Um, the Ramus Lupins, which, who, who had the best song of 2008?
7: Danny Dementor, who also had a best song of 2008. Best uh, remix. Ha. Oh,
8: I don't remember who else won stuff. I was... I catch was sad Love. I, oh, I kind of orchestrated Love. it. Oh, Catch Love is so good. There's Isn't a, he fun? There's Jason's phenomenal. There's a great... Phenomenal. I would try to f- look this up. I'm not sure if it's still online or not. But there's a, a, a Wizard Rock album called All You Need Is Wizard Love. And it's just Wizard oh Rock fans doing covers of Beatles songs. And Catch Love's song of Sybil Trelawney, which is nothing but like cellos and violins, so is so wonderful. beautiful.
7: Oh my gosh, what's the name of the original song? My brain just turned off.
8: Oh my god, what is the name of that original song?
7: Eleanor, uh, uh, Eleanor Yes. Eleanor Yes. yes, thank you. Oh, <laughs> uh,
8: it's so great. Uh, what other bands can we name off? Oh, God. Uh, uh, House of Black.
7: Ramilda Vane and the Ch- Chocolate Cauldrons.
8: Oh, she's so great. She's uh, Ramilda Vane and the Chocolate Cauldrons. is done by um, Amy, Amy Snow. Snow. And she, she is... Um, WZRD.
7: It's a Wizard Rock podcast. And um, if,
8: you, if you're it's interested a- in Wizard Rock, po- Wizard Rock, then you need to listen to WZRD. It's absolutely fantastic.
7: Oh, I'm going to tell you about Voldemort a little bit, because how can you not know about Voldemort? Voldemort is, um, I believe they're from the Netherlands, and they're a heavy metal band. Of course. Amazing. That's oh where my the gosh. metal bands looking, come from. I'm looking at a list right now. The Orgasmic Parcel Tongue Horcrux Experience is a real band name. They're
0: probably a psychedelic band name.
7: Oh, I haven't listened to them yet, but I Ministry want to know.
8: Of Magic. Ministry of Magic is like the boy band of Wizard Rock. It's, it's true. These, it's these five guys, and they represent the four houses, and then they have Mark, which is Voldemark, and they're, they're <laughs> so wonderful. Voldemark.
7: They're, they're they're basically an electronica band. Um, another a phenomenal electronica band is the Muses of Muggle Artifacts Office. They kill me with glory.
8: Oh, Quickspell just came out of, I think, Germany.
7: Yes, Germany. Bianca and Kevin. I was, like, I was so fortunate as to meet Kevin in, um, Birmingham? No, in London. He came to the UK Yule Ball, and they hadn't started Quickspell yet. And so I started talking to him where we, like, would talk on the internet, as one will do these days. And all of a sudden, quick spell came about, and I decided that Kevin should be my new husband.
8: They, they have this song called Not My Son, and it's in oh. the... the it's in, oh, that song just rips your heart out. Because it's, it's in the point of view of Lily, and she's begging Voldemort <laughs> not to take kill her son. And I she's know! Like, and, the, and the lines are, oh. uh, Not my son, uh, not my Harry, please take me instead.
7: Oh, mm-hmm. Hold on, hard. you know, I actually... I'm going to look at... Look this up now. Um, I am working on what I'm calling the ultimate playlist. Um, I'm I've come up with this is for a, a, a site I'm about to start doing called the Daily Rocket. What I'm going to do is do 365 days of a different Wizard Rock band a day every single day. And so I'm doing the, I'm working on the ultimate playlist as just sort of um, a personal side project within it. And what I did is I mentally went through and I found the ultimate scenes in the series, like Lily and James dying to save their son, Harry learning he's a wizard, um, taking out the basilisk. Um, Let's see, Harry Harry finally getting with Ginny, Harry leaving Ginny behind, Dumbledore dying. And I'm going through wizard rock and finding not just the best song that, you know, encapsulates it, but like the ultimate song that you hear the song and you feel like you're there, you feel like that it, that now, song is capturing every emotion of could, it. You
0: could almost make a simulated musical that way if you got you know enough songs to fill in um, every point of the story. Gosh, actually, As, and uh, over time you will. All you have to I do have is tried keep to do these. that actually. <laughs>
8: actually. there's already a musical. Um, there's the, the <laughs> University. Oh my gosh, of a Harry
7: Potter musical.
8: Yes, Um <laughs> of Michigan wrote a very Potter musical, and it's on YouTube under Star Kid Potter. It's the greatest three hours of your life, because it's actually for people who don't know Harry Potter. Yeah. And it's so funny, and it's so good, and actually, Daring Crisis is now on the show Edgewood on Fox. Oh, that's right, isn't
7: he? I forgot but about yeah, that. Yeah, plays
8: Harry, and he's now on the show Edgewood on Fox, and it's so good. Oh, is, I, I, he, is, is it, like,
7: a recurring role or just a single? Yeah, he's, a, he's,
8: in a, like a, he's been in a few episodes now, so. Wacky. If, if, seriously, look up Star Kid Potter on YouTube and watch a Harry Potter musical. It's the greatest three hours of your life. <laughs> um, and then um, Lena of the Butterbeer Experience mm-hmm. wrote um, a, a small musical off um, Tales of Beetle the Bard, which is J.K. Rowling's recent books about fairy tales from Harry Potter. Uh-huh and it's so great because it, it actually has a lot of oh, wizard yeah. rockers on it and um, it's somewhere on on YouTube so mm-hmm. a
7: couple of times of live performances of it. it it's from there are five stories in the tales of Beetle the Bard and she chose her favorite one which incidentally is also my favorite
8: mine too
7: <laughs> oh cool it's the fountain of fair fortune and she turned it into a 15 a minute rock opera basically and it is one of the most beautiful things. I was I've been it's fortunate so enough good. to see it performed live twice. Um, actually with different casts because um it was at once was in Boston and once was in San Francisco, so not everybody was there for both of them, but oh my gosh. The first time I I, I saw it, I was sitting next to Lauren from the Moaning Myrtles and we had a bonding moment where we cried together over it. It was, it's amazing.
8: It's an, it's, oh god. Oh, I feel like I should mention this Wizard Rock family. Um, oh, so, come on. the, the Horntail family. Uh, <laughs> Tina Olsen is DJ Luna Lovegood, but she is engaged to Ian Holmes, which is the Cedric Diggory. And then there are two young sons who, when they started, they were like, what, four and six when they started well, their yeah. Wizard Rock band? Mm-hmm. They're the Hungarian <laughs> Horntails and they're called the Partridge Family of Wizard Rock. And the Basically. Hungarian Hortels are so cute, because they have a song, and all it is is them going, DRAGONS ROCK! DRAGONS ROCK! DRAGON ROCK
7: RULES! <laughs> DRAGON ROCK RULES! ALL THE TIME!
4: <laughs> and it shows that, like, talking Wizard talking Rock is something
8: before, that anybody, yeah. any age can do.
7: And, yeah.
8: And, like, like they're actually these two cute little boys. I think they're, like, seven and nine now. They're, like, okay, I, I'm going
7: to I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you guys in on a secret. Um, because... I don't know if Tina wants me to announce this yet, but she's um, working on a article that is about the young kids in Wizard Rock being the the Hungarian Horntails and then as well as the Princess of Hogwarts. And she's seeing where they are now and she's writing an article about it and it's going to be amazing from everything I hear. So... Like, the Hungarian Horntails, those boys, they they stopped doing the Horntails because they, you know, they're, they're kids. They're moving on with their lives. They want to do other stuff right. now. And so it's it's really, it's really going to be really exciting to see what things they chose to move to. I'm really excited about it.
8: But we, there's a joke that they're the... Part, you can see them in the documentary, We Are Wizards. Uh, but yeah. But we call them the Partridge Family of Wizard Rock. So... Oh, I love um, that! Ooh, Grend and Forge, that just popped in. My oh, head.
7: definitely! And incidentally, the Weasel King, oh, holy The Weasel King, he's amazing. He, it's amazing. My it's favorite. Oh, him, yeah, yes. my favorite part about him is about uh, <laughs> a, a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, he got married, and he his actual profession is a musician. He is professionally a musician, and so he's always got multiple things going on like side projects and his now wife did not realize she didn't know that his side project the weasel king was about harry potter she didn't have a clue until after they were married and so i just love that it's sort of like well what was it like Seamus said that after his parents got married, his his mom told his his dad that she was a witch, and he it was a nasty shock. And it's just a little joke in the story, but it's like it's like, hey, honey, um, so I'm a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And it actually happened. I love it. <laughs>
8: oh yeah. Ooh, Tonks and the Oars. Stephanie is fantastic.
7: <laughs> Neville's diary. Yeah. Bryce phone. Oh, that reminds me of Harvey Putter and, <laughs> and the ridiculous premise. It's it's a it's um this like well, oh my gosh a parody. It's a parody. I was going to
0: say that has got to yeah
7: yeah and it's that have you ever heard of Dork of the Rings?
0: Yes, yes, I have.
7: It's those same guys. It's them. They're doing Harvey Putter and the a ridiculous premise. Um, and it's. I, I saw a, a little preview of it um, at Ascatraz in San Francisco. It's going to be hilarious. I cannot wait to see this whole thing. Oh, Dinah. I,
8: I feel like we cannot talk about Harry Potter fandom, though, without mentioning Potter Puppet Pals.
7: Oh,
0: my God. Potter gosh. Puppet Pals? <laughs>
8: you just, uh, you
0: just w- said Potter Puppet Pals, right? It's yes.
8: just, yeah. Yes. Okay. This <laughs> guy named Neil... Oh, God, I can never say his last name. Neil
7: C- a Cesariga... So I have, it's, it's, it, it's something very difficult to pronounce. Anyway,
8: go to <laughs> potterpuppetpals.com, and he started as two Flash videos, but then his parents actually made him puppets in a stage, and it's absolutely fan fucking How old is he? He's
0: um, 20. He's, he's like 20.
7: Yeah, he's, he's probably... He's early 20s now. Yeah, um, he's like the same age as you and I, isn't he, Hope? Yeah, he is. And he also has um, a band... Called Lemon Demon. It's not a Wizard Rock band, Have but there's this song,
8: um, ultimate he, the, the showdown. ultimate
7: showdown of no, ultimate destiny.
8: destiny. My Did, my, oh my, my gosh My roommate
0: has just informed me that that um has just poked his head in the door after hearing Potter Puppet Pals. <laughs> that it's his that, that's his friend who made that.
4: Really? He knows no, no way! He
7: knows, <laughs> uh, he,
0: he knows what. What's his he name? He knows
7: Neil. Neil. My, my roommate's
0: <laughs> named Neil. Also, it's not him Wait. though.
7: Oh, Are <laughs> you
4: serious? I'm driving up. There.
3: I was gonna
7: say. Now this is a smaller world than even I can imagine. If that was yeah. randomly Neil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes. laughs> but
0: um, anyway, like. He uh, also he wrote has- a song about Abe Abe Lincoln's head. I'm be- being informed.
7: Abe yeah. Lincoln's head. Yes. yes. But, like,
0: Sounds, I, love sounds this, right. I love this instant information. Just, so, <laughs> I can bark out three word phrases, and my roommate's a master of coincidence.
8: Potter Puppet Pals <laughs> video, Mysterious Ticking Noise, won Best YouTube Video in the Comedy Section of 2007, I'm wanting to say? 2006?
7: Something like that, probably.
8: Yeah, and it won, like, Best Comedy. It's one of the highest rated videos on YouTube.
0: Well, uh- but... I gotta say, I'm just in this, like, nerd culture shock now, because our show is just so steeped in Star Wars and Star Trek, and, you know, I, I, we've sort of prided ourselves in having super nerds on, but this is great, because you guys are super nerds in a whole different world. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah,
8: like, as much as I love, like, Star Wars and stuff, Harry Potter is my, like, fandom. Oh, yeah, I can
0: see that. (laughs) It's, yeah yeah. I was just actually I was going to ask you guys is there, are there any other topics not that I'm trying to change the topics but are there is there anything else that you could like go into the to the same depth as Harry Potter? I you can, know what I'm saying? Like I could
8: do new Doctor Who. Uh-huh. <laughs> um I don't know old Doctor Who but uh I can do new Doctor Who. I can do some anime. Um, I'm looking around my room at my walls right now. I can do video games. I can do comics. I can do Lord of the Rings. I can. I, I pride myself that I'm kind of an everything nerd. Re- I just, Renaissance. Nerd. Yeah, yeah. I have recently gotten to Star Wars. I can talk Clone Wars with you. I don't really. I'm rewatching the movies for the first time because the last time I saw the movies I was like five, so I really. <laughs> didn't really
0: know them. See, it's like martial arts masters. You know, I know the way of the monkey and the and the Wookiee. <laughs> um, so, so like Lord of the Rings? Could you do Lord of the Rings? Like, here, I could is,
8: do the the movies more than my book. Like, like one of my favorite facts is uh, Billy Boyd, who played Pippin's. His birthday is August twenty eighth because it's sev- exactly seven days before my birthday.
0: Putting the nerds to their paces,
8: <laughs> and like and you guys are standing like, up well. I, I used to like I like no I, I'm not used to. It. I'm really into web comics too. Like I. I am uh,
7: I love webcomics You know, I love the webcomics I'm, I'm just, I'm so bad about keeping up with them It's, I, I find it easier to do web series um, Like I was talking about um, But no, like with Lord of the Rings I own Lord of the Rings Trivial Pursuit So <laughs>
8: Bring it to Rockstock
7: Um, I don't want to fly with it It's oh, kind of bulky <laughs> I I,
8: I'm driving, you're flying
7: Oh man, if I dude, I'm flying to Pittsburgh and and then I'm going to be road tripping to Missouri. <gasps> no way. Because I love Wizard Rock people so much that I want to add an extra 10-hour drive sure. to my to my trip. I'm so excited. Could hey, took... be the coolest thing ever.
0: I took the Greyhound <laughs> down to Atlanta from New York. That was quite an adventure, so
7: Oh man, if I if I could afford the time off of work to take the train out or to take the Greyhound or to find Greyhound. a vehicle and drive not the Greyhound, no. okay, duly noted. Greyhound avoided.
0: Yes, trust
8: me. <laughs> oh, come on, Chris, throw some more uh, stuff at us. See if we can uh, yeah. stand up to it. Let's do it. Let's June. Be for your time. It's,
7: it's, it's, it's on my list, um, and I haven't had a chance to read it yet, unfortunately.
8: I have a lot of friends that have re- read it, and I haven't got to it, it's but it's on my list. a good
0: book, too. yeah. I'm actually a big fan of the Dune, the David Lynch Dune motion picture, also, which I think I'm one of three out there. <laughs> but I, I, I actually I like the, um, I think it was Sci Fi did a miniseries adaptation. They did. It was more faithful to the book because it was long enough to put everything in it. But that was good, too. Um, let me think. Garth, what other...
8: Anyone? Anyone? Garth, Nix?
0: What, what What? Star Trek do you guys speak? Um... My
8: mom's a Trekkie. Um, so I kind of picked off a few things from her. Um, Not, But my mom's a huge Trekkie. So I've seen the new movie, and I've seen some of the older movies, and I've watched some of the show?
6: But show? I couldn't
8: uh, the next generation, not the uh-huh. other one. Uh-huh. So, um, and I, I, one of my pride and joy moments was walking up to, um, George Takei and shaking his hand and saying, Thank you for fighting for gay marriage. Congratulations, and I'm glad that you are so, uh, walking this path for someone who is bisexual like me. And that was just like, and he, like, stood up and hugged me, and I was like, oh, I'm being hugged by George Takei! <laughs> <laughs> oh, <my. laughs> who I just? I know.
0: So, um... well, did you know that uh, we? I actually just found this clip from the Star Trek animated series. That at, at one point there's a fight, and, and Mr. Sulu throws some, gives somebody a sort of toss across the room. And at the end of the show, Captain Kirk looks at Sulu and goes, "Mr. Sulu, you're gonna have to teach me that body throw that that you executed earlier." <laughs> and, and, and Sulu looks at him and goes, "Well, Captain, it's not just a physical thing." you have to also be inscrutable and then Kirk looks at Sulu and goes Mr. Sulu you're the most scrutable man I know and then the next shot the last shot is Mr. Sulu going wink like aha wink oh my god oh, awesome. it's it's, uh, it's posted oh, it's pers- posted up on the internet's on YouTube's so see, go see that i i really sucked at
8: I've really started dabbling in the YouTube world. Like some of my most recent favorite finds is Brentalfloss, Um and he he has all sorts of uh, uh videos, but his really big main thing is that he takes old uh eight bit video game things themes and puts lyrics to them. Uh-huh. Ooh. And they're just they're fantastic. It's Brentalfloss, floss, B R E N T A L Floss, I think it's A L. Um, but he, he actually just recently. Uh, my favorite one is uh, Mega Man 3 with lyrics. And then he has like really obscure things, like the super NES version of DuckTales. Um,
0: no way! And
8: it's, oh, it's so, such a surprisingly beautiful song.
0: YouTube, <laughs> I'm telling you, YouTube is an endless void that will suck you in. And you can. Fi- once you found any. Yeah, it's just. There's an endless spider web of goodness and badness <laughs> at the same yeah. time.
8: It's true. Right now, I'm looking at my list of, like, people I follow, of, movie- of things I need to watch, and it's uh, Alex Day, which is the chameleon circuit guy, the trot guy, um, the Vlogbrothers, our friend Grace, who does no new stuff with me and Dinah, um, Kingdom Hearts, Rock, Italia, and wow. Fire of which is one of my favorite video games, and Doctor Who. Those are all the videos I need to watch on my, like, recently wow. updated list. <laughs>
7: Yeah, I, like, never check my YouTube to-be-watched stuff, so... Um, Dinah, you
8: need to do yeah. a No New Stuff video. I
7: I need more than five minutes to myself sometime to do yeah. that.
8: <laughs> I'm oh, I kind of busy. Probably, we should probably say what No New Stuff is.
7: Oh, yeah.
0: And if you're wondering, Chris. What is yeah. No New Stuff, by the way?
7: It's, uh, <laughs> it's an HPA campaign. Uh, it was started for 2009... By Paul de George from Harry and the Potter's and Matt Magiacomo from The Womping Willows, and they dedicated themselves to not buying anything new for heard of first this. six
0: first. Oh six, yeah, yes. for six months. Yeah, and, and I had me. no. I I heard of it totally independent of. I can't remember where I've heard of it, but it, it had it was totally independent of any mention of Harry Potter miss at all really? yeah. yeah i
8: love when that happens but then like it's me, great, though. me and dinah jenny sue who's a friend of ours and our friend grace um we decided to do it for the entire year so since march um we've been doing no new stuff and the only thing like we each have our own set of rules like uh grace is trying to be a writer so she buys books because it's supporting her job and like I, I work in a scene shop, so like I keep having to replace my tennis shoes for my own safety. So there's exceptions like that, and like food does not count because we all need food.
7: But um, I'm allowed to buy Wizard Rock.
8: Yeah. See, like that's <laughs> another thing. Like, um, it, we we buy things either from off stores, um, uh, 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 my brain shop.
7: Things things that have are used, so secondhand things. Right. Uh,
8: yeah. in, independent stores. stores. Yeah. In,
7: anything that's independent, locally owned. Um, the, main locally made. Is break,
8: the main emphasis is to break the consumer mindset and to get away from the corporations that are slowly destroying small town America and taking over. And um, that's that's oh, the I think thought it goes,
0: Yeah, I think it goes beyond that too. Even mm-hmm. In,
8: and even just recycling. Like, why should we like make all these like like twenty new shirts when you can just go get like them at Goodwill.
0: Right. Well, I'll tell you what. My house is filled by garage sales and mm-hmm. and with if just from garage sales you could get anything, any appliance, any any kind of thing that you need, you know. Or don't yep. need in my case also. But you know, yeah, yeah, there's really almost no reason to get anything new. And I just I just think people have to get out of the whole consumer mindset anyway. You know, I think mm-hmm. if half the people would could, <coughs> could give up their cars or some something like that and you know, adapt their lives and and see how fast society would around them would adapt to a lot of people changing the way that they you see my my canary in the coal mine for consumers is is thinking is lunchables. When you don't see lunchables yeah. in the convenience stores anymore, there's progress being made. When it's no longer feasible for them to make lunchables because nobody wants them, it's know, like what like six that.
8: dollars for like five crackers, some cheese, and some ham?
0: Well, just any over and it all packaged that. processed food or, or, or yeah. stuff like not stuff not like just that. Like, that's you know, just like, like the fun thing is it
7: brings it over to this other concept that um, it's called slow food. The idea is the antithesis of fast food. Fast food is, fra- is as cheap as possible. It You don't know what's in it. It's probably processed because that makes it cheaper. And it's from God knows where because that makes it cheaper. The idea of slow food isn't necessarily going to take longer to make or to have. However, it's getting food that's more local within a certain number of miles, like, within 50 miles of where you live. Um, Stuff that's organic. Stuff that, like, a chicken... Like, my my stepdad is really into slow food right now, and there's a woman who lives 15 miles away who raises chickens, and they buy their chickens from her, and they get their eggs from her, and they go to the farmer's market to get all of their veggies, and it's just... It's this idea of not only like getting the food lo- as locally as possible as organically as possible but knowing where it came from knowing the person yeah. who grew that food knowing the person that raised that chicken and you know what went into it you know where your food came from it's this relationship between your your food and you and, and it's are- so interesting
8: it, and it really dabbles into like another one of our campaigns that like we're in the process of that we haven't like really gone full force with it because we're still trying to work out a lot of the legalities we're doing this campaign called Not in Harry's Name, and mm-hmm. um, it's it's to support free trade, because we found out that on the Ivory Coast, where uh, corporations like Nabisco and Nestle get their chocolate from, um, their chocolate is produced and grown and made by ch- uh, child slavery or terrible wages. Oh,
4: sure.
8: And so, and, and we found out that the people who make the Harry Potter chocolate gets their chocolate from there, so we're doing this campaign soon, once we like really work out the kinks of it where we're going to stand up and say, no, we as Harry Potter fans refuse to get our chocolate from child slavery.
0: Yep. That'll be an easy win, I'll tell you that right now.
8: Free trade's not as easy as people think, especially when you have, like, this, Go, and Nestle, and I think Hershey dabbles in it some, not as much as they used to. Yeah,
0: but at the same time, at the same time, you guys have shown, you, you know, you guys have big numbers, and... Are representative of a, a proportion of Harry Potter fans, and just the fact that they are big companies means that they also have big reputations that they like to uphold. And, and um, you know, and, they and could, they, 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 they have big publicity departments, but at the same time, you guys can get on the news and be like, hey, we don't like Harry Potter products using child and, uh, slavery. <laughs>
8: oh, it happened before. And, oh, and God, oh, for, God a... forbid!
0: Like so, like J.K. Rowling's hears about it, or she says, you know, she says something to Nabisco. Whether she does or doesn't, just the implicit, not threat, but just the fact that she might, you know, would would not be a good thing for them either. So they, you know.
8: And... Um, oh Dinah, you got to help me on this. What was that thing where there was a huge boycott of Harry Potter merchandise like several years ago because this um, girl had a website and um, uh, uh, Warner Brothers slammed her with copyright infringement so she started this movement to like Yeah, yeah okay, like, this is what
7: it was. Um, yeah. people were making websites, fan websites that would use terms from the Harry Potter books or this, they would so this is really, clearly really talking early about in it in the fandom. Like really this is very early, and this is this is um, a major thing and a major stepping stone in online fandom because this is the first time a fandom was coming into its own, was like really getting started with the internet, and so what happened is Warner Brothers they sent out a mass round of. Heavily legalized um, Season letters, emails, cease and desist yeah. orders to 10 and 11 year old kids sure. who were running these websites just thinking that they were having a good time. And so, they were. One of the- <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so they started freaking out, they're, they're these kids they don't know what this means, they don't understand what's going on
8: and, and this one girl, and I don't remember her name with the life of me you, you can see uh-huh. her in We Are Wizards she had a terminal disease and she was dying so she was doing this in her free time to like kind of perk herself up while she is dying from this terminal disease yeah, and she gets slammed by Warner Brothers well it's like
0: the RIAA always seems to, the people that they get the most are like poor, you know, some poor little teenage girl, you know who downloaded the, you know, latest Britney Spears song or whatever, you know.
8: And, so. and this girl started this huge movement to, uh, to, um, to show that the if they, Warner Brothers wouldn't be what they would, would be without the fans. Right. So you yeah. bought the books from J.K. Rowling, but any merchandise or anything like that was boycotted. Yeah. And, and it was the first time ever that a major corporation stopped and went, whoa, our fans are important.
0: Yeah, well, there, a lot of that got tested out with Disney, too, because Disney used to be very copyright-sue happy, and they still are, but now they're more looking for unlicensed merchandise and something, but if somebody, like, back in the 80s and early 90s, if you did, like, a something like a Disney fan site or a fanzine or something, you would get hit with a cease and desist immediately they they did not mess around with and now they've loosened up on it because they're just you know slowly they're starting to realize that yeah it's the it's the these are the people that made the whole metallica thing with napster was the same thing Um, they they actually punished their fans (laughs) they punished the people who are excited about them and eager to hear their music and they they ruined the whole thing for everybody. It, it was just ridicu- God damn ridiculous, goddamn yeah. ridiculous. And uh, and uh, you know, slowly starting to realize there was um, there's uh the guy who does the Star Trek Phase Two videos that actually simulate the original series. It has Kirk and Spock in it. He plays Kirk, and you know he simulated all the sets and he's and. He eventually got a lot of the actors, George Takei included, and um, writers from the original Star Trek and and Next Generation and was putting out episodes. And Paramount at first was like, stop doing it. And then once they realized what he was doing, they said, yeah, go ahead and do it. Just don't make any money off it.
7: That's kind yeah. of how they are about Wizard yeah. Rock. Um, they When Wizard Rock was just starting to get really rolling... Um, Warner Brothers they had already dealt with the whole um, giant boycott of all their stuff so they they were they were approaching it pretty carefully but in the end the there was a, an agreement reached between Paul and Joe DeGeorge and Warner Brothers it was all unofficial and it was saying you are allowed to, to sell and distribute your music online um, through the internet, however, you're not allowed to have any other merchandise sold over the internet. What you do at the shows, I'm not there; I won't see it. Right, I'll just make sure I'm not at your show if you're selling t-shirts. And so, basically, they agreed to turn a blind eye, right? Well, as long as rich we don't
0: selling t-shirts anyway, I'll, I'll tell you that right now. So, you know, yeah. Just-
7: so it's it's a real, it's a very similar thing and it happened even more within just even the harry potter community in different ways
0: oh sure well i mean there's a lot of that and i mean a lot of the podcasts like us and a lot of our fellow podcasts you know many years ago would have been shut down or asked to stop for playing you know we play clips and background music Uh, through this episode i'll have You know, music from the Harry Potter movies Playing underneath us For a lot of it So, you know, but At the same time, it's You know, it's not like you're you're Ruining it or ruining Its value to them, and I think They're starting to realize that And not Go after it as much
8: Very rarely is it ever malicious Like, I mean, I know someone Who's been having a lot of trouble with copyright Infringement is um this user called Little Caribo, and he has this hilarious series called Yu-Gi-Oh! The Abridge Series, and it's really really funny, and it's very smart and witty, and it pokes fun at like Americanized anime and how it, like makes that jump and like like voice acting and everything. But it's 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 a smart thing. It's it's not saying how yeah. I think people suck. I hate Vic Monogna because he's this voice actor and blah blah blah. Yeah, and he's been having so much trouble so finally he just started a video podcast and it's his way of getting around it. And it's it's really fun. But I mean, people I I don't I think people are really starting to realize that they can't be a corporation and they can't make money if they don't have fans.
4: And,
0: and it's, it's it's true. Well, yeah, I mean this Actually, our first episode of Two True Freaks was about downloading and copyright and copyright infringement and stuff like that. And there's a, just a new era happening. We're watching a whole new era where you're going to have to rethink the whole intellectual property thing. And I think that's a, a great thing. You know, it's it's doing. And there's a lot of basically dinosaurs that are going to go extinct and they're not happy about it i think that's just the general state of the united states right now there's there's a lot of you know we're seeing the last gasp of like really old republican people who you know don't want to see that that version of america go away but it's just sort of happening anyway you know it's the same with the internet things just sort of, if people want things to happen they it happens it, it, and the, the internet is one of the great illustrations of that because it sort of adopts and shifts to what people want to do and if there's somebody who doesn't want you to do it they have a real hard time they might shut you down but they shut you down for just a little while and somebody else who's a lot smarter than them figures out a new way to get around whatever they did to stop you doing whatever you're doing. It's just like the whole evolution of ways that people download their music and movies and stuff like that. It's always one step ahead of the people who don't want it to happen because everybody wants it to happen, you know, and everybody uses it. Everybody uses it that way. And if there's somebody else who doesn't want you to use it that way, it's very hard to, you know, it's like standing in the middle of a crowd of people who are all heading in one direction to go where the good food smells coming from and, and telling them well hey we got some dog food back here you know if you're interested and why isn't anybody paying attention to me I love it <laughs> I love it it's awesome <laughs> It's fun to watch
8: It is I think like within yeah. the next 10 years we're going to see a really interesting shift in in not only like entertainment in geekdom but in politics and where we are in the world our relationships with other countries because of like the internet because we're now have access to each other in every country in the well unless like first i'm talking like first second tier countries and pretty soon you're going to see third and fourth tier countries moving up because of the internet and within the next 10 years we're going to be so connected to each other that there's not going to be any way around us being in each other's business, and that's why it's interesting to look at North Korea right now. They've completely—they don't have internet. They only allow three books and and like like two channels, and they're all being brainwashed. But the thing is, internet's being slipped in there, and things are and like things like Twitter and cell phones, and like it's giving these people access, and it's going to be a huge shift for North you Korea. You can't
0: stop it, yeah, and you can't stop it either because people want it, It'll just, and it and it happens. So yeah, I'm very I You know, I, I always Am swinging from Very optimistic And <laughs> pessimistic for Humanity's future One of the things that scared me about Humanity's future Was when uh, Kurt Vonnegut was, who was one of my favorite authors Of all time And he was just Getting really old and close to dying And he's, a, he's kind of a cynical Bastard too, but he's really funny And, um, you know, he would do talk shows and he was just like, well, the human race is doomed, (laughs) you know, because they were, they they wanted to get him to like gripe about cell phones or something, you know, what do you think about people all having their noses in cell phones? And he's just like, well, you know, if it makes him happy, then I'm all for it because yeah, well, humanity is basically doomed. So whatever makes people happy, you know, in the interim, that's, that's a good thing. And I'm watching good so these are the, this is the, the the thing that, like, one of my favorite authors is saying, you know, knowing that he's at death's door, so he doesn't care. So he'll just say exactly what he thinks, and I was just like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of agree <laughs> with him, too, <laughs> on oh some my, levels. Well, I was going to say, guys, I was going to pretty much try to wind it up, because we're into... An hour and fifteen minutes on the, on the third right. half hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so actually before we go I should also I should say that your name is Hope Mullinax. Yes. And Dinah Russell. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they're with the um, Harry Potter Alliance.
8: And you can and, find us on Twitter and stuff and oh you can find me on Twitter. I don't know if Dinah's comfy with that, but
7: Oh no, I'm all over that. And, you can find me.
0: No,
8: I tend to talk a lot about Pokemon on Twitter. So, yeah,
0: so, so, <laughs> so check out the Harry Potter Alliance at org. No, the so H-P. HP Alliance. Has, the you H- have to put the...
8: <laughs> HP Alliance is the HP printer, so you have to put
0: thehpaliance.org. Uh, so org. go to thehpaliance.org yeah. the, the and whiz yep. whizrocklopedia.com.
7: Whizrocklopedia.com. But it's
0: with rock spelled with an R, right?
7: Yeah, but it's since it's it's Wizard Rock, so it's already got the Wiz part in it, so it's just W I Z R O C. If you okay. Google
8: Wizard Rock, it's like the first site that pops up.
7: Unfortunately, Wizard Rock org is still the first site, but they haven't been updating in a, like over a year, maybe two years. So you might beat so them out. yeah. And, Ho- and hopefully file... Google will start realizing the times of updates and put us at the top.
8: <laughs> and, and you can um, follow a lot of the Wizard Rockers on YouTube, like, uh, the mm-hmm. Womping Willows have it, Remus the Lupin, Strick and the Malfoy, oh no, not drinking the Malfoy, it's my bad. Um, uh, the They're Parcel Mounds, yeah, Moaning Myrtles, each have their own separate pages, um, I highly suggest, like, if you really like musical things with geekiness, I highly suggest, uh, 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 Chameleon Circuit, which is the Time Lord rock band, which is the Doctor Who bands. Um, look up Alex Day, he's fantastic. Go to DFTBA Records, um, with Hank <laughs> and John Green. The John, uh, God, it just keeps going. Dina, start plugging <laughs> stuff. And I'm trying freaks. not to, I'm trying not to plug
7: freaks. too much.
8: <laughs> <laughs> you have been writing all these down, right, Chris? Like, oh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I got it, I got it, I got it.
8: And if you need any <laughs> of the websites, so we can get it from us, we'll send it to you.
0: Exactly. two, three. We're freaks. good for it. We bring you listeners, the geekiest of the geeks. Oops. From My every genre.
8: Speaking, sound like smart geeks, and we can say, "Hey, our geekiness is changing the world." What's see, your fandom doing? See,
0: the good thing is, yeah, the good thing <laughs> is, I can say that, and you guys are aren't offended by that. You understand that it is a kind. Oh yeah.
8: Can, can I have, like, a closing wor- wor- word?
0: Yep. Oh, please do. We'll, we'll so, end it on, we're hanging on whatever you're going to say, and it's going to be the last thing they're going to hear, so make it good.
8: So I'm going to issue a challenge to all other fandoms. I'm talking DC, Marvel, anime, Star Wars, uh, Dune, uh, uh, The Brown Codes, uh, Firefly, Josh and everything, every other fandom out there look what your fandom is doing and think what are your prominent themes in your fan fandom and think how can you make someone's day a little better and how can you use your nerdiness to decrease world suck and i just want to say guys all you need to remember is the weapon we have is love you have don't forget to be awesome guys
0: and that was it that was the end of the show
5: Visit our website at twotruefreaks.lipson.com, where you can download all of our episodes and find our forum to openly and freely discuss topics from this and all other episodes with us and your fellow listeners. truefreaks.lipson.com is spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S dot Lipson, which is L-I-B-S-Y-N dot com. The Two True Freaks now have a phone line where you can call and leave a completely inappropriate message. Maybe we'll even use it on the show. That number is 1-585-COP-LURE. That's 1-585-267-5873.
0: You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com.
5: If you enjoyed this show, why not review us in iTunes? And if you didn't enjoy this show, why not review us in iTunes? Two True Freaks is a very proud member of the League of Comic Book Podcasts. For more information, visit comicbooknoise.com league. We are now also members of the Comics Podcast Network.
0: You can check it out at www.comicspodcasts.com, where you can hear our new episodes when we put them up. Thanks for listening to Two True Freaks.
8: Two True Freaks has been brought to you today by Damanzo Core of Milan, Italy and by the letters F and U.